Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast. I am Weldy, sitting here with Andrew. We've got a special, exciting episode. We've got uh, two KVSC uh you know, legends in the making here uh, that are uh, <laughs> that are joining us. We got a fun episode kind of on deck. Uh, Alex, uh, Alex Fern here, is sports director there at KVSC, and uh, uh, Brian Moose, uh, the program director uh, KVC, KVSC. So, thank you guys uh, quickly both for for joining us. And I I just want to ask one quick question: um, what what would you say is the best? Uh, best uh i would say volunteering at kvsc trivia weekend and why is it the phone banks uh well i guess uh as someone who was there for two years that being trivia for the two years i've been here at school um definitely the phone banks but i think probably my i i think host like obviously hosting there's more responsibility with that um but man uh hosting my first year as a freshman hosting the baseball questions hour with Jim and Emma was a highlight of mine, uh, especially with Emma, who isn't super into sports, accidentally calling Joe DiMaggio, Joe D'Amigo. That was, that was a highlight. Um, so that, that was definitely part of it. Um, but I think, uh, you know, hosting, uh, being a program director, getting that job last year and then hosting the first two hours um, I wouldn't say it was like a clean two hours of radio. It wasn't maybe like my, my best work because trivia is a little bit stressful, but um, it was really cool to to do that. And I'll be doing it again this year. So I'm really looking forward to um, hosting an hour with Dan. Um, and I was glad to host it with Joe last year. So um, was hosting is probably the the thing that I look most fondly upon. And you got to be careful when you stuff your face with all that free food that you have down there, too. In the basement of Stewart Hall. Oh yeah, I mean we. Well, and it's just so many like great community uh, restaurants too, um, and man, people people spoil us when we put on trivia. There is so much food. Like even even when we were watching the North Dakota series from home and watching some really tense hockey to put a nice term on it, <laughs> it was it was good to at least have some food watching on that big smart board in that uh, classroom that was serving the food. I had Bo Diddley's for lunch. Congrats, KBSC. Yeah, I think sponsor. Andrew. That was that was Andrew's go-to. Uh, he he always uh, made the trek across the street to Bo Dids. Yeah, the uh, well, they they don't have the downtown location anymore, right? No, just so the one behind the, one. the uh, ones in Byerly's. Yeah, I used to live pretty close to there, so that was my regular spot. But when I was in college, I would go to the one that's in that strip mall on uh, whatever Fifth Avenue it is. Who knows what if that building's still yeah. standing, but it's good I don't stuff. Know, Andrew, I don't know how like did you ever go to Melio's? Sure. God, that place was good. That was that was like a sub place that's where I think what Seven West is now, I think. Um it was a yes. Oh, oh yeah, I know where that is. Place, uh, called Melios. It's almost it's like the exactly the same as Herberts and Gerberts. Like their menu was very similar. I their thought. menu was very similar. Yeah. I liked their bread a little bit more, though. Okay. So, that, 
that, that's where I, I land on that. So, Pointed Leagues was good. I played in several cribbage leagues for a couple of years. We were runner-up one, one season. Uh, we could have won. I screwed up um, the partner that I had. Uh, it still doesn't live that one down. <laughs> I was going to say, does, not sure if they still do they that talk to at, you the, uh, still? at the other location. Or... Uh, not really, <laughs> all because of that. Um, Bad mistake. You screwed up that what? But anyway, you screwed up. You, you had back to the fish game. story. There we go. There we go. Yeah, back to the fish story. So, um, so yeah, trivia weekend this last weekend that was over. Who? We were on the road, right, Alex? Were you? Oh, North Dakota. Dakota. So you were at. So you didn't get to. You didn't get to partake in all of the eateries. My my freshman year, I did I wasn't involved enough at KB to really do trivia, and then sophomore year last year, I got tasked. I wanted to go to Grand Forks, North Dakota, to call our hockey games, and since we were doing trivia that weekend, everything had to be put on nine seven five radio, which is our sister station. And it was the worst weekend of that entire hockey season that I ever had personally, because uh, for one, there's nothing to do in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Good. For two, the hockey yeah, was Everybody egg. loves the red onion. <laughs> red pepper. Oh, red, I went to oh, this diner. They that's had a right. Thanks, decent, Andrew. Uh, red pepper. I don't want to do a... I, I don't want to do a corrections already, so... I, I went to this... I went to this diner, like, off the interstate. That was fine for most of my meals. But I wanted to get out of there as soon as possible. And then, like, uh, the the game, game one of that series... We won game two in a shootout. Game one... Uh, North Dakota won in overtime because Gaber scored like the one to tie it up late in the third, and then the overtime oh, winner. Right. Can't remember who blew the. Coverage. They don't have. They don't have us in a booth. Yeah, they don't have us in a booth at at the Ralph. They don't have the KBSC broadcasters in a booth. Where the ice is this way, I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way to explain this for listeners. We're in a corner in the rink, like next to stands, right? And when North Dakota scored, a lot of people got excited and raised their hands, right? Some people had alcohol in their hands, and it tipped over onto me and my equipment. So, uh, let's just say I, I smelt like liquor, and the equipment smelt like liquor for a couple of days. I haven't had that Comrex since it happened. but uh, Yeah, how do you just not swear right not on the radio after, after that? Like you, you guys are way more professional than I am. Lots of practicing and knowing that Jim would yell at me. The yeah. FCC, they're always listening. There's no giant red button for Radio X. There's one for KBSC. Um, so, you know, kind of with that, how how did you guys get involved in KBSC? How did you get involved in SCSU? Were you hockey fans your whole life? Or what's, uh, what's kind of your backstory? I guess my hockey origin story, I was never super involved with hockey growing up. Um, I... I skated like once when I was four and I don't remember if I cried or not, but I definitely didn't like it. (laughs) Uh, So I decided to play football instead. Um, I didn't get back into hockey until I was um, 16 years old, I think. Um, I'm saying that like it's a long time ago. It was just a few years ago. Um, But you you guys uh, are both 20, right? Yeah, four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. It's just a baby. Um, But... I got I got a call um, from someone that I worked with at my high school uh, sporting events. So he wasn't at the high school specifically, but he was a dad who covered a lot of the games. Um, 
And he said that the new junior hockey team, the Hudson Havoc, who I'm representing on this call, Hudson Havoc, little quarter zip that I have, and uh, they were looking for a broadcaster and they wanted someone who was around the same age as the players, which would be 16 to 20. Um, so for my last two years of high school, my job outside of covering events for the school, whether that be play-by-play color or camera work, was 50 bucks a game. I would freelance as the Hudson Havoc broadcaster and I would go on road trips and stuff. Um, and I did that for a couple of years, uh, and I didn't have a lot of hockey experience before that. So I'm sure some of my broadcasts from back then are a little bit cringeworthy. Um, I tried to get a hockey TV subscription so we can go back and watch those. (laughs) Just to go back. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, (laughs) I, I will say that the only thing that I really tried to do is I looked up old NHL games and I also used an NHL video game like for 10 minutes. And I was like, this isn't going to work well for prep like this. This is not <laughs> good at all. So I was scrambling, but I was happy that I took that job and I got over, I want to say like 80-ish games under my belt in those two years. And then I showed up to St. Cloud State for Be the Broadcaster, did some TV stuff, and then I naturally gravi- gravitated downstairs. Um, and uh, I can't, I personally can't thank um, the guys of... Sam Getzinger, Joey Erickson, Jake Bedell, and and uh, Blake Tyson enough for getting me involved um, and putting me in a spot where I could, you know, be in a leadership position at the station, um, get to call men's hockey on KVSC as a sophomore, um, which was a pretty big deal to me and Alex, um, and also Max Steigoff, who's still there um, at KV. He's a senior. Uh, he uh, he helped me out along the way as well too. So. Uh, just getting involved, like putting my foot in the door after, you know, just trying to get on air (laughs) places. And I eventually stumbled my way into a men's hockey job. So I'm, I'm forever grateful to, uh, to the students. And then obviously, um, the late Joe McMullen Boyer, who put me in very, um, good opportunities along with, uh, Jim Gray. So, uh, very happy to have, uh, (laughs) got my radio start at the uh, community and campus radio station down at KV. Alex, what about you? My story is a little bit more drawn out, so I apologize. Um, <laughs> I'm a little far away from home right now. I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, so a bit of a, a bit of a trek. Uh, as you can tell, I got the I got the Lincoln Stars garb hanging on my wall right here. Um, I I grew up. I'd always had an interest in sports. Nebraska football is a way of life back home, so. I I've always I like grew up. I watched a lot of football, and I always thought like, oh, you know, I can I can go ahead. I maybe I can be a football player someday. I got too many concussions. So like even um, even still, it's a I, way of life, even with how terrible Nebraska has been since like what ninety eight. Don't 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 get started, Weldy. Don't don't get him started, especially with the last two weeks. <laughs> I isn't it fair? It's fairer, gonna... I think, to call that a volleyball school. Now. Yeah, Actually, that's true. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of which, shout out to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, largest attended uh, right. population of a women's sporting event. Like 90,000, um, I think it was. Uh, nine times. Nine. Nine times. Nine. Wow. 10,000. Yes, he is an actual listener to the show. I try to be. Nine times. 90,000 times. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I was... I done a lot of football stuff when I was, like, growing up. I... Watched a lot of football. I played it, then I got hurt, um, and I kind of gradually like fell apart from the sporting event side of things. I, like I still watched like you know the NFL, college football when I could. I got into theater a lot when I was 
in high school. Um, I did musicals, plays, all that stuff. Um, and then I slowly like started to kind of morph back into, okay, I really enjoy, you know, talking a lot about sports. Maybe I can try to, you know, think about this because I'd like, I'd grown up with like the likes of, you know, Al Michaels, uh, Chris Collinsworth, uh, Doc Emmerich was a big idol of mine. He's also a big idol of Brian's. He's arguably our favorite broadcaster. Um, so I talked to my school's uh, events coordinator and said, hey, is there a possibility for me to call basketball games, you know, on campus? And he says, yeah, sure, we can figure out a way to do that. So my school, Lincoln Pius the 10th private Catholic school back in Lincoln, um, I called basketball games my entire uh, senior year. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I started to get gradually back into it. But a little before then, my mom got the job as the business coordinator at the Lincoln Stars, which is uh, the USHL hockey team in town in Lincoln. And I started to, you know, go into all those games, and I developed a fandom, and I developed a National Predators fandom because the goalie my first year in uh, in Lincoln got drafted by the National Predators. Big shout out to Tomas Volnachka. I think he is now teammates with David Rennick in the Slovakian League, if I remember wow. correctly. Um, so I got more involved in that, and then uh, Colin Shuck, who was the broadcaster of the Lincoln Stars at the time when my mom got the job, was a very... Uh, he was a helping hand because I asked him all these questions. I looked up to him and I was like, okay, how do I, you know, start doing this? He went to Ithaca College. Um, I think that's in, I think it's in New York, if I remember correctly. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But I, I just asked him, hey, you know, how do you get in this career field? And he says, well, the, the most important thing is you need to do is you got to get reps. So what I did to kind of get myself better, better a little bit, was I would sit awake at like 9 o'clock p.m. after I was in bed. And, you know, NBC Sports would always have those, like, you know, late slate NHL games, whether it be, like, the Vegas Golden Knights versus the San Jose Sharks that would start at, like, 9 p.m. And I would turn those off, and I would turn the, I would turn the TV, like, the, I would mute the TV, and I would call the game. And that's how I got into that. I got a couple of reps at the USHL level, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then I was watching hockey one day, and I was like, oh, cool, the college hockey regionals are coming up. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll t- tune into that. And I tune into the, let it be, the St. Cloud State versus Minnesota State Mankato game in the Frozen Four. And I'm just watching the game. And, and Nolan Walker, I, 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 read, I had, let me phrase with, I had looked at the university before they scored the goal. So I was like, okay. Or rather, before hey, they if played. So I was, I was like, okay, I, goal, I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame myself either. But I, I, had re- I had researched the university a little bit. So I was like, oh, okay. You know, I, they got a good broadcasting communication system. I had already, like, like looked at, you know, KBSC. I saw that Blake and uh, Drew Steele, who were the, the group at the time, were in Pittsburgh for that regional, which I thought was really cool because this was in COVID when, you know, people weren't really allowed to travel. Um, so I'm watching. I see Nolan Walker hit the tip-in goal, and I go, all right, I'm going to go here. I'm going to take a visit, but I'm per- I've pretty much already made my mind up. So I... Ended up coming here. I uh, met Brian because he called me the wrong name during lunch once. Um, yep. <laughs> you can you can tell the story about that if you'd like. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was that was a fun time. And then I I kind of didn't really do a lot freshman year. I did a play which I uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Brian couldn't make it though, unfortunately for for the play. He, I'm still I'm he, still sorry. Two years later, it's okay. What was the play? But uh, I, I did a play. It was. Uh, Mr. Sherman's Acting 101 class proudly, pre- proudly presents The Breakfast Club, sort of. It was like a parody of The Breakfast oh. Club. 
and I and I'm very thankful for that production. I met my I met my girlfriend who I'm about to celebrate my two year anniversary with, so that's a big plus. But uh, then Brian started to gravitate towards KVSC, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can go ahead and check in and you know see what's going on down there. I check in. Um, Blake Tyson, who was the sports director at the time, you guys know Blake. You sing his praises on here all the time. Um, he, uh, I trained in. I started doing some games. I really liked it. And then going into last year, I wasn't sure if I was going to get the hockey job, but uh, Brian got it. Uh, like I think early, like late in the summer before the season started, he was informed that he was going to be the hockey guy. I didn't know until about like three to four weeks before the games were supposed to start if I was going to get the job or not, which I'm, I'm very thankful that I did end up uh, getting it. Uh, big shout out to Jim, uh, Joe, and Ryan McNamara, who is, uh, I'm taking over his spot now um, at KVSC. He does the Husky production pregame, postgame, and intermission reports on NCHC TV and Fox 9 Plus. So big shout out to him. And now, uh, now we're here getting ready for the second season of Husky Hockey between me and Brian on KVSC. So long-winded conversation, but happy where it brought me. I think I talked for like five minutes oh, there. Jeez. Couple of follow-ups. <clears throat> Was that Hudson, Wisconsin, answers, Brian? Are you from Hudson, Wisconsin? Yeah, Hudson, Wisconsin. Um, I did, I did basketball, soccer, like a little bit of football here and there for the high school for like three years, um, and then for the last two years of my high school. Um, like being a student at the high school, I did hockey, junior hockey and high school sports in tandem. So I, I, as Alex said, this whole, this whole, um, industry is about reps and I tried my best to get as many as I could, uh, while I was before college. <laughs> no, I've been to Hudson many times. I'm from Hastings originally. So we would, oh, nice. we would actually play in Hudson. That'd be like the only Wisconsin team that we would play mm-hmm. for some reason. So I played at that rink the one that was there 20 years ago. I don't know if it's still the same one, or if you guys got a newer building now, but uh, always like, no, Gornick is still, uh, Gornick's still the same old, same old. Uh, When I broadcasted there, uh, when it got really cold, there would be an air conditioning draft right over the broadcast booth. So you could probably hear me sniffling uh, (laughs) on some calls. (laughs) So you've, you've broadcast several different sports. When I was in high school, I did some, dabbling with baseball announcing i didn't do any other sports though and and but i what from what i heard is hockey is a very difficult sport to broadcast in comparison to other sports baseball i can see is somewhat easy because there's so much downtime in between each pitch mm-hmm. which has its challenges as well from a broadcasting yeah, standpoint I would also... but hockey just seems so fast and so i wanted to ask you like how you think that hockey you know is that is that true? You know, do you find hockey to be an especially difficult sport to broadcast? Yay or nay? Uh, or is there a more difficult sport for you? Or how does how hockey stack up versus other sports to broadcast? When I'm done with this answer, I'll let Alex follow because sure. he can attest to this too. Um, hockey is definitely the toughest sport. But what I will say is that my reps in basketball for high school really helped. Um, and it's not necessarily that they're like the same sport, but it's, it's a similar speed. Um, the main, the main similarity is similar speed and the same amount of players. Cause I would say the sport that's most like hockey that isn't hockey is soccer, but there's six more players on the field, a little bit more slower. Um, so I think hockey's definitely the toughest, um, in terms of like learning to get up to speed in the game. 
I think I can attribute to like sometimes my problem of talking too fast to doing hockey for <laughs> three or so years now. Um, and the thing with baseball is I will say it's definitely an easier sports broadcast than hockey overall, but man, you gotta like, you almost have to get into kind of like either a dad mode right. where you're telling stories or like a podcasting mode where you're just talking about stuff. And um, the people who can do baseball really well are super talented um, and they are fantastic storytellers. So I would agree. I would say yay on hockey being the toughest sport to broadcast, but man, there's um, it's all about getting up to speed. And I'm sure Alex can, Alex can attest to this too, that uh, a good way of like, you know, let's say, let's say, and I'm going to probably put too much stake in myself here, but let's say some young broadcasters listening to this in this very hypothetical scenario and you want to do hockey. Yeah, not only come to St. Cloud State because we need people after we all graduate, but um, we also, I would emphasize getting basketball reps in. Um, Even if basketball isn't your sport, do a few of those games. It'll get you up to speed for hockey. Um, But yeah, hockey, I would definitely say is the toughest sport to call. Yeah, touching on, I I also think that hockey is probably the toughest sport to, you know, broadcast just straight up. as you mentioned, there's a lot of talking. In. There's a, It's moving every single scintillating second of the game. And when it's not moving, usually you're talking about, oh, that penalty was eh, or that penalty was a good call. Or you're reading an ad read. It depends. Um, but, yeah, hockey's, hockey's weird to the point where it, it never stops. I, it just, no matter what you're doing, you're always talking about the game. Like, whenever you have downtime, Say I call baseball a lot when I was growing up. I called I called high school baseball for my school's high school and their Legion teams. And I mean, whenever there's not whenever you're in between innings, you have time to okay, well, okay, well that inning was fine, but I'm gonna go see what else is happening right now, right? You have a timeout. You sweep the ice. You drink water, and you're back. That that's it's snap and. I'm thankful to the point where, I mean, I have a guy like Brian to, you know, shoot. Are we allowed to curse on here? Sure. I mean... Well, well me and Brian shoot... We, 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 we shoot the shit, theoretically, you know, when we're not on air, <laughs> like, back and forth, because uh, usually, when we're talking, it's usually good things. Or, you know, such as, like, if a game's not going well, like, it just feels, eh, we're gonna talk to each other about how this isn't how we're not having a great time right now. Just kinda, you know... It's going to be like that. But yeah, hockey's definitely, I think, the toughest sport to call. But I live by a philosophy, or not rather live by a philosophy. I have a philosophy where I think anybody, if you train them enough, can call a a good hockey game. I don't think anybody can call a great hockey game. It takes a lot of work to call a great baseball game. And mm-hmm. they're, they're, two, they're two great and totally different sports. But it, when you look at it deeply, the, both of the sports are the same. I mean, you you have a you have a hitting object, you have a thing that you're trying to put somewhere specific. That's how it works. I mean, so it all sports are the same if you look at it more than just a level. But I'd say hockey is more of a difficult sport to call, at least at least personally for me, because I enjoy calling baseball a lot. But I mean, I don't know. I, I consider hockey the most difficult sport. I also consider hockey one of my worst sports that I call. So, I mean, I, and I'm here. Same. I, Same. And I, <laughs> not, not to toot my own horn, I had a terrible game last year and I won a national award for it. So I, I, I don't know. Third place. Third place award. 
I, I took don't, an award from Steve. Don't stroke your ego too much there, Fern. No, I took one from Steve Levy. That's all that matters. That's true. That's good. Yeah, I had I had a couple of, I had a couple of follow-ups for Alex as well. First of all, he said that he had a guy named Colin Shuck. That's like one of your yeah. the guys that got you into it. So that's serious. A guy that's living in cornfields, his last name is Shuck. That's kind of on the in nose. Nebraska. <laughs> uh, he it's a little that's, too I long. never really thought it's a about on that the nose. Now, actually. <laughs> no, a he, little he, and practice a little subtlety. I, what is what I would suggest to Colin. I, I think he's from Pittsburgh, if I remember correctly, but he he graduated from Ithaca and moved to Lincoln to call, or rather, he worked in the Nall first and then called games for the Lincoln, and then he called games for the Idaho Steelheads for a couple of years before he uh, he retired this, this last couple of years. He decided to move on to a different career path, which is good for him. Well, I felt, yeah, I felt like he, that was... He was a very integral part. Okay, so I, I I'm glad we cleared that. I never really thought about it until now. Yeah. So you were in something that's like the Breakfast Club or like a spinoff of it, like a parody. Yeah, it was. Uh, what was <laughs> what was the role? What, yeah, what it was role a play that play? I was in. I played the stereotypical jock character because I was I was so I'm like the Emilio Estevez character pounds, from the movie. So I look like Emilio. Kinda. He was been. He was did, did you watch the Breakfast Brian character? Yeah, I guess we should. Okay. Yeah, we had to. That was the first. That was the first thing we had to do. I was wondering, like, which which of the parts? My, my whole character play. was the sheltered religious kid. In all honesty, I I played more of the Brian character. My whole character was the sheltered mm-hmm. religious kid who didn't understand like how the world was moving around him. Kinda. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I can send you guys the link on Twitter. It's an unlisted video on YouTube. If you want to take, I a look mean, at I it. don't not want do. to take a look at it. <laughs> And then also, I, I I felt I felt that your story regarding watching the Frozen Four was interesting. So you're telling me that if mm-hmm. St. Cloud and you said that you had St. Cloud was on your radar prior to that, but that really made it sealed the yeah. deal for you to come to St. Cloud. Yeah, it, it was it was weird because I just I saw that goal and I was like. All right, this is a team of destiny. I'm calling a national championship. Let's go. So, is it fair to say that if they were not, if they were not playing in that Frozen Four, that you might not be talking to us right now? I, I, I'd say probably if they hadn't qualified, I probably wouldn't be here. No. Thank you, Nolan Walker, you Alaskan beauty. Thank you to that great NCAA TV package. Put that on ESPN. That. Is the gift that has yeah. rewarded us yeah. with Alexander Fern. So, <laughs> the power of sports media and the power of uh, college marketing. Three cheers. The link has been sent to Weldy, by the way. <laughs> we'll put that in the show. I'm going to get. I, I'm going to. I'm going to put. I'm going to get. The, I'm going to get absolutely plastered, drunk, and watch this. Is it first off? Is it gonna be like the YouTube video it, that you were? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm gonna get that level drunk. <laughs> um, you know, you say you got beer spilled on you. Um, do you have any other kind of like road stories, crazy things that happened, setting up, taking down at the arena, 
like any shenanigans. What? Just to clarify, Brian talk first just to clarify for the listeners, you guys go on every road trip, correct? Or- mm-hmm. We went on all but one last year. What was the one he didn't? And we're going go to? on all of them this year. What was the one he didn't go to last year? Miami. Okay, but you're going to Miami this year. Miami. Yep. And you're going to so you you, yes, we you get on planes to go to like Colorado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Which also, I actually want to take this moment because I know some of our some of the listeners on here donate or GoFundMe. Thank you. You guys are the, you guys are the reason that we get to go to everything. We really we really thank you, and we can't wait to uh, just share another season with you. Yeah, that's because of me. All right, so you're going on every road trip, and now now Weldy yeah. sets you up. Well. You got any good war yep. stories from 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 any any of the uh, NCHC points abroad? As as part funder <laughs> of your road trips, I want to know some juicy stories that you guys got. Um, well, we can't drink, um, so we don't have any of those. Yeah, that's the thing. We would have a lot more. Um... I don't want to say fun because I, I don't want to equate um, alcohol with fun. I, I don't want to get, I don't want to, you know, um, it's okay. Send any bad messages to the kiddos. Uh, but not five minutes man, after said, trip, I'm I think get like plastered and watch this play. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, these sorry gone. kids. I meant um, I was going to get I mean, high and Alex watch has, the play. There we go. That's what that means. Yes. Yeah. That's, that, better. that's better. <laughs> I, um, I'm trying to think the Wisconsin one's probably like the most memories that I have. That was the second week of the season. Um, Alex has a more interesting story than I would. Um, my favorite part about that is that we got a better seat than um, radio voice of the Huskies in terms of like actual professional, like non-student stations, Jim Erickson. We got one on center ice of the goal center and he got one like to our right. So I thought that was kind of funny. It was probably just cause we asked earlier but I thought that was silly that we that the student radio spot got like a little bit better of a section. Did you keep reminding um, them like every, every commercial break? Hey, 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 this this is better. no, we just we just mentioned it uh, at the arena. Like we were Alex and I were very surprised um, <laughs> that we that we got that spot. And obviously, I mean, Jim's a pro, so mm-hmm. it didn't really matter to him. But um, it was very much a kind of a interesting one up. Um I will say that another one that I remember is Bemidji States Arena. While a fantastic arena, the Sanford Center is amazing. Um, it was cold, like super cold. Um, my nose was like probably pink. Um, and that's just probably because of where we were sitting at. Uh, but man, to not only broadcast, you know, in that super cold weather and like I want to enjoy the rink. I think it's awesome. And then St. Cloud plays what I thought was their worst game of the season <laughs> that that year, the yeah, road Bemidji State game. Um, that was really really difficult to uh, <laughs> to to fully uh, be happy about. But I mean, we're going there again this year. I think it'll be a fun series this year. Unlike you know what that first game was. Hopefully, we'll fingers crossed. We'll see. Um, trying to think of oh, uh, this is an interesting one. So. When we went to the Fargo Regional, um, I had a lot of family out in Fargo, but because of our wonderful listeners who donated, we were able to rent out, or not rent out, uh, stay the night, or a couple nights at the Radisson Blue, uh, which first off, we saw Mankato there. They went to the steakhouse <laughs> at the at the hotel to eat at dinner, so that was kind of interesting. But the other part of it is, once again, Alex and I aren't 21, so we didn't think about that when we booked that hotel room that you need to be 21 to actually book that room. 
So Alex and I kind of stood there frozen. We were told like, oh no, we don't, you know, we don't have the proper, you know, ID to do this. And thank goodness for Zach Chapman, who will be our third guy this year um, on broadcast because he is 21. He was 21 at the time. And he bailed us out because that could have been really bad to be stuck in Fargo with no room um, with a with a regional hockey tournament to call. Uh, so that's probably my funniest one where um, Alex and I were just completely frozen. <laughs> we had no idea for like a minute or two what we were going to do. <laughs> what worst comes to worst, you could have say with Donna Leonard. That's true. But I mean, I in the moment I wouldn't have known what I had done if we didn't have Zach. Like I would have <laughs> like started cold calling places. I guess I I have no oh. idea. Yeah, we could say it a super eight again. Yeah, which speaking of which, Alex will definitely have a more entertaining story than me. So to build upon the Wisconsin point, um, we we stayed in Wisconsin or not in Wisconsin. We stayed in Madison, like right off the highway. We stayed at a super eight just to save cost. It was me, Brian's uh, Brian's partner Rory, and of course Brian. And um, mm-hmm. so we we get done with. Uh, was it game one or game two after we went to Hooters? <laughs> um, I. Th- I think it was game two because I, I don't think we would have gone after game one. Yeah. I think we kind of kept it steady, kept it professional after <laughs> yeah, game one. Uh-huh. Well, it was the only place that was open in our defense. Sure, sure, it was. That is true. Um, right, right. Is your girlfriend listening I, to this? Well, not that we couldn't get into. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, my, well, my here's the thing, Rory. She she doesn't listen to like my twenty minute newscast in full. So I mean, we're at like thirty minutes here. We'll see if she makes it this far, but <laughs> we'll we'll see. My name doing this. I'll tell you that much. Um, I don't remember what night it was specifically, but I'm in a hotel room. Like, all uh, the hotel rooms are set there. It's like we have one door and like a good like I think like fifteen foot like space between the next room. And like I'm sleeping, I'm having like a good time. I just I'm, like you know probably like off the phone with my girlfriend or something. I wake and I'm sleeping. I wake up to a knock on my door, right? So I I like get up and I'm like, oh maybe Brian needs something, which I thought was like, oh maybe he, I thought like he'd call me or something. I look through the peephole. And it's a it's a woman, and I'd say like her late thirties, early forties, and I, and like she looks like she's in like something like distress or something. So I'm like, oh maybe like she's like trying to seek, like, refuge somewhere or, like, what's going on. So I was like, okay, I'll open and check it out, which was my first mistake, by the way. I shouldn't have opened the door. Second of all, I open the door, and she turns around and punches down, right? We're keeping it clean here. It's a family podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But she, she hunches down, and I see that she has a needle with her. So, and then, like, the, the... the gears start turning in my head, and I'm like, okay, a needle? I'm super 8 on a Friday in Madison, Wisconsin. Puzzle pieces together. She's probably on something. Then I see her turn around really quickly. I shut the door, lock the door, do like the caps lock thing to it, lay back in bed with my heart rate at a good 120 beats <laughs> per minute, and just like sat there for the next hour and a half. Just, I'm pretty sure I just about died at a super 8 Madison, Wisconsin, but... Uh, wow. That that was probably the biggest story of the year. There's another one that I want to touch on, which uh, was just funny. I don't think I like I'm not pissed off about it, but uh, when we went to St. Thomas for game one of the year, uh, there's no booth space for us in St. Thomas. Um, they, yeah, <laughs> there's, there, there's no room for so anything no, in St. Thomas. <laughs> no. So I we're we're on a foldout table in the far side of the rink next to the elevator for like the elderly people to come and watch the game. 
that we have our line charts and such, right? Ladies, some old ladies come over and grab our line charts out of our hands while we are, like, in midst of calling this game, by the way. Um, like, take them away, so then I need to, like, stop them. Like, while we're on air, like, Brian's talking about something. I think he just continues talking. And I go, hey, we need those back. Like, you can, if we listen back to the game, you can probably hear it. Yeah. And, uh, that was, that's probably the funniest. What did they say? Oh, sorry, didn't mean to take that from you? I think I think they said that. Can we take a look at this? And then like they they asked it like in the process, <laughs> so it was just kind of a dumb question. While you're on the air, um, yeah, it was very silly. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just hoping it doesn't happen again this year. It probably will, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, cage my line charts. I will say, Alex. Um, I forgot to mention this at that Madison trip. You heard me fell uh, fall in the shower. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> I, I I tumbled. I I tumbled. I I don't remember like how I slipped, but I slipped and I like just kind of fell. And I didn't get hurt or anything, but it was definitely a thud. I'm a six foot three kind of bigger guy, and Alex like came over and had no idea what it was. And like I was dried off at that point, but I fell in the shot. And Alex heard the thud, which makes me imagine that at least like another room on that floor heard that too. <laughs> so. Probably below as well. God, yeah. now I'm just. I'm just uh, thinking and, uh, if I fall that's... in the shower, I'm I'm popping ibuprofen for about two weeks now. Maybe that's mm-hmm. where your knee problems started, Brian. Maybe that's where your knee problems started. No, definitely not. Brian can't fly without pain anymore. Yeah, my right knee is awful. I need to get that checked out. We both have bad knees. <laughs> yeah. So, well... Mine just I do always appreciate though. when you guys throw up the line charts um, and and have those before the games. I don't know if you guys run the Twitter account or if somebody else, or if you all have access. I don't know. Whoever's doing, whoever's doing, uh, whoever's not doing play by play for the game, gotcha. the Twitter. Uh, so I always appreciate that. I always like looking at the line charts and 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 and, and whatnot. Um, and kind of when that happens, it you know, like I kind of flash back to Anhorn injury. Um, cause if I remember correctly, he was on the line chart. Um, and then yep. all of a sudden you get kind of word that something happened during warmups or whatnot. And then all of a sudden you're kind of scrambling. What point are you like kind of, I guess, in between investigation mode of seeing, you know, trying to get quotes or what happened? Not like they would say anything exactly right there anyway. Between, like, I still have to prep for this game. Like, like, kind of, what was uh, going through your process when, when that happened? Because, I mean, he was in the midst of a Hobie Baker. Brian was on play-by-play for that game. No, you were. Oh, I was on play-by-play for the night before. No, I was on the night before. That was the 9-2, to two, or the 7-2 to two game. You were on the 2 to nothing game. Was I? Anhorn played, Anhorn played the game before. And then the <clears> 2 <throat> nothing game, remember, receiver filled in for him. Okay, so then, yeah, I must have done the two. So it really stuck out in your mind uh, how everything went down. (laughs) Well, I kind of tuned that moment out for my brain. Yeah, what I I will say, I don't remember much of the game. Um, What I do remember is maybe not necessarily scrambling uh, for prep. I mean, the thing is, I print out, like, my own, like, spotter charts. Um, So, like, I have, like, every rostered player, like, on, like, my big sheet that I bring. Um, so like the line charts 
are like a good tool for like pairing players in my mind. But then like once the game gets going, I can kind of start to memorize that. Um, but the thing that I remember the most with Anhorn, um, and, and it sucks to kind of have that mindset because of how um, how up and down the defense was post Anhorn injury. Um, which I mean, you lose a player that that vital, that kind of stuff is going to happen. Um, and I still think St. Cloud State did a very valiant effort of being a really good defensive unit in the country post Anhorn. And the fact that he's back makes me even more excited for this season because I know what this team can be when he's on that squad. Um, but I remember being extremely worried. Like, I I thought this team would have been out of it without Anhorn. And then they, they pull off a really gutsy win against Denver, 2-0. Um, and that was the weekend right before the Road Duluth series when they lost, like, 6-2 both nights or whatever it was. Um, so the difference in that was certainly... Uh, interesting i i just i mainly what i remember the most is my feelings on the team more than anything else um and i'll always pull for the huskies and i thought the season was a success overall um or that being this past season um but man to think about kind of what could have been with a team with anhorn fully healthy and then you've got forwards like yami Cronulla who who was having an absolutely special season um and that's more of like a you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, or wish for stuff that couldn't ever happen. Um, but, you know, the difference between, like, um, a Huskies team that, you know, when Anhorn was fully healthy, they held the Gophers, the, the eventual national runner-up Gophers, to one even-strength goal, and it was three-on-three three, uh, an entire weekend, um, to, you know, getting to a post-Anhorn injury where they were struggling to find their footing defensively. Spencer Meyer was dealing with a ton of injuries that weren't really reported right away. Um, so what I remember the most from that day was being really worried about the team, getting excited about the team's resiliency, and then once Duluth hit, kind of getting all sure. that deflated <laughs> a week later. Um, and, you know, I think once again, it's important to recognize that, um, first off, this year, I want to make sure to temper my expectations in situations like that. Um, but also, these are college athletes. You know, these aren't professionals. Um, these aren't, you know, I don't necessarily want to call them kids per se, because most of them are older than Alex and I, just yeah. because of the way that junior hockey is. But, you know, these are still non-professional athletes. They're still developing their game. Um, so it, it definitely taught me a lesson of making sure that your expectations aren't too high for, you know, humans playing playing a hockey game. Um, and we cover these guys, you know, on a personal level. Um, so to to learn that um, as you move on through the year, I think was really important. So, you know, not trying to center the Anhorn injury, which was an awful injury to like some like Eureka thing in my mind, because I don't want to make myself <laughs> a part of it. But I definitely think it was an interesting lesson. And I just remember the kind of peaks and valleys of that day more than any sort of, um, you know, whatever. Um, I just, I remember Melro being really short with us about Anhorn being out. He's like, Anhorn's out. Uh, warm up. Yeah. ID, by the way, for people that yeah. don't know. That's our media contact. Um, and I, and I remember just the ebbs and flows of that second half of the season. Um, cause man, it was a very different type of feeling from what it was, you know, pre-January right, 20th. We got swept up in Duluth and then Miami, mm-hmm. right? And we... Yeah. North yep. Dakota. Was it North Dakota? No. North Dakota was, was Mi- Miami was after Duluth. Yeah. Uh, North Dakota was in there. Yes. They, they won one game between then and 
Duluth. One one yeah. non like they won some shootout the shootout games, which I don't really count yep. as real and, wins. Yeah. And I guess I don't know if it's revisionist history or I mean obviously our podcasts are up and I could probably I can go back and listen to them, but I feel like I was like very much in a camp of like we're not getting the results but it's not as bad like like this isn't great that we're losing but you know like we're not losing a ton of points or, or like we're getting points every weekend like it was it was kind of a weird time because like cuz i both those miamis were shootout wins so i mean you got yeah i remember being the, pretty what, salty after that weekend go back yeah. and listen to those yeah. shows because yeah. that was an ugly weekend Speaking of salty, you should you should hear Brian's thoughts about that Miami weekend. Big shootout guy, by the way. Oh, that's a whole nother diatribe that I don't... I might start proposing some really radical ideas on college uh, hockey record and playoff formats, so if we want to get into that later, we can, but I don't that's want to like turn half anybody of, off. That's like half of our show hour, is right? complaining about <laughs> playoff formats and rules and referees. I am... Please, I am let us have it. I am definitely... I am definitely on. a proponent of uh, ties yes! in the regular season, like <laughs> team ties, and that's th- 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 this. This might be a little bit more than maybe people bargain for, but I'm for like eliminating overtime even in regular season, like just cutting out. The okay, three now on three you're ridiculous. And just if you uh, maybe not the three if on you, three aspect, if you that, have, I'm okay with, but... bring back the five on five. That's My... what they used to do in the NHL. The regular season overtime mm-hmm. is fairly new. I think it was like '84. Which kind of blew my mind yeah, the first time I heard I, that. Before that, after really? sixty minutes, they just stopped playing. It was a tie, hmm. which I, I would I would prefer yeah, that than playing this dumb three on three and then a shootout. But yeah, and I think the issue with five on five to kind of build on what you're saying, like the issue with it is the 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 kind of re injury risk or re entering like an injury issue where obviously you can't. You know, you can't put hockey players in bubble wrap. You know, I'm not trying to act like we're going to, you know, end all hockey injuries. But any sort of thing that we can do to kind of curb, like, wear and tear, especially in the regular season, and maybe this is just me watching too much European football or soccer or whatever you want to call it, but I'm definitely a proponent of um, ties in the regular season. I definitely have an interesting playoff idea that we can get into when we kind of talk more about, like, the NCHC as a whole. Um, But... Man, I think in the regular season, like, I hate shootouts so much. I don't think that's a real win. I think it's, like, it's almost dirty <laughs> to, like, call, like, a shootout win. And I told Alex at the beginning of the season, if a game goes to a shootout, I'm giving it to you. That didn't happen. I took it, and I hated it because it went 11 <laughs> rounds. Um, and I just was not having a good time. And, man, especially, too, like, the name John Waldron just really lives in my head because he killed us last year so many times um and he was the one that in that second game when it was one to one heading into the super long shootout he was the one that scored the game tying goal with less than a minute left um and he had a hat trick trick in miami and i I think the Mm -hmm. guy had five goals all year and i think four of them were against st cloud (laughs) yeah and i will say one thing to any huskies fans that have a good eye uh, Waldron isn't on Miami anymore, but he is playing at Alaska Fairbanks, so we really? will still see oh, cool. him this year. He will he will still be against St. Cloud State, so I just watch out for John Waldron in that blue and yellow instead of the uh, Red Hawk red and white. <laughs> Unfortunately, he committed back to Miami. What? 
Yeah, he's he's back. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that yeah, up. Please do. Hold on. I, I just I know that Miami lost a bunch of guys to the portal. I, I didn't know the particulars mm-hmm. because other than like Red Savage, none of them are of real note, but it's but, Savage and uh, Ludwig Person who are the big person. Who are the and big then Cassetti, I think, was their number two leading scorer. And he transferred as well. I can't remember where he ended up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Miami's not going to be good again. Not, not surprisingly, but no, I agreed with your take on shootouts versus uh, regular season. We've we've been on that train for a long time, uh, and certainly agree with that. Uh, as far as well, I don't know. Did you have another question, Travis? I have more of a general sort of announcing question. I don't know if you were sort of in a in a groove here, but no, go I ahead. Have a question for these, for these guys. So you mentioned like switching off games play by play. Because I think from mm-hmm. I remember from Blake and Jake when they were doing games, I think they were doing like they would switch off periods. Like one would have, would have the first and the third, and one would have the second. Maybe not. That wasn't. Maybe, perhaps that wasn't every game. But I think I remember them doing that occasionally. But do you guys have a set routine where you're like, you got Friday, I got Saturday? Or, I mean, is that sort of how you split the roles as far as play by play versus color? Uh, it literally depends because uh, we try to even it out as best as possible. I get Saturday because uh, I both agree on this. It's hard to call a good game when you're only calling one game a week. When when you Uh get your Friday game under your belt and you go into Saturday feeling very good, it helps you call a game immensely. Um, The way we do it is we we, we split it up as evenly as as possible. Like last year, uh, we we also uh, integrated a little bit of a hometown thing because we played Wisconsin and Brian got the Wisconsin games. I got both Omaha series because. I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska, so that's my, my home team. team. And then Brian would get the North Dakota home series because uh, your dad went, your dad's from North Dakota. Yeah. And um, I, I, well, he couldn't do the road North Dakota series because of trivia, but we uh, we try to divvy it up as evenly as we can. Because uh, at the end of the day, I mean, we love all games together, but at the end of the day, we know that we're not going to be together for the rest of our lives, and we're trying to make a career out of this. So. Uh, we're just trying to give each other the, the the amount of reps that we feel necessary to, you know, hopefully run into each other in a Sunday night football booth down the road. I guess as someone who, um, and it was a collaboration effort, but I had the idea of setting up like an actual physical schedule to start the season, and I worked with Alex and Zach about that. Um, one thing that Alex and I agreed on is because we split the Denver series, like both Denver series one and one on a weekend. Um, and like Alex said, that just kind of kills your momentum as a broadcaster. Cause usually, um, Saturdays are your best work. It isn't always the case, but usually Saturdays are your best work. Cause you got that full 60 under your belt beforehand. Um, and to kind of throw that off made, made it harder to like keep demo reel material. Um, cause I mean, obviously I love calling St. Cloud state hockey. Um, I wanted to go to St. Cloud ever since I was a junior in high school. Like I, I care about this place. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is a career move, and we need the best material that we can do to move forward. I mean, the past two guys who are in our position are, uh, you know, eventually worked their way into working at the top junior hockey league in the United States. Um, you know, that's like, those are types of goals that we have. Um, 
you know, and if we, if we don't, if we don't schedule ourselves properly, we're just going to make it harder on ourselves. So um, we're only doing one of those this year where we split it one and one, and that's the St. Thomas series. But uh, after that point, starting with the Mankato series, uh, the guy who calls play by play, it's always, he gets both games that weekend. Um, and that's how we're going to run it up until playoffs where it kind of gets sticky. But for the rest of the regular season, we're, we're just running the full weekend instead of trying to split it and, you know, overkill the evenness of it, sure. I guess. Sure. Well, I was thinking, um, you know, we can probably hop into just kind of overview thoughts of this season. If you have anything that you're kind of excited for, um, any predictions or just kind of anything from, you know, a thousand foot view of uh, what you're kind of looking forward to uh, throughout the season. Fire them off, um, uh, and just kind of, kind of see where this conversation kind of goes, takes us, um, and you know, there's, yeah. So let's see, who, who wants to go first? Um, so I think one thing that's interesting this year is the biggest question mark was goaltending, um, and kind of where where we're at with you know, are we is Brett going to split it down the line with Bassey and Caster? Um, that kind of stuff this year, you know, we've got, we've got the number one guy in mind. It's most likely going to be Bassey. I mean, unless James Gray really <laughs> amps things up, which it's hard to do in practice reps versus game reps. So we'll see. I'm sure he'll get like a couple of games Let here and there. Let me tell you a quick um, story Brad Eisness and Aaron Dell. Yeah. Cause, cause. <laughs> gotcha. I'd love to hear it. Cause I had the first overall pick in my college hockey fantasy WCHA league. And I took Brad Eisness first overall, and he promptly gave the reins over to Aaron Dell. And that was the, like, consensus number one pick was at Eisness, and I got screwed over that season. Didn't, didn't, play, didn't play in that league after that. I was upset. So it can happen. Yeah. It was uh, just the main thing I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, no, I... No, I I didn't even think about that, and that's before my time, like watching college hockey. So that's a that's a pull that I wouldn't have had in the in the back of my mind. But this year, that question mark is the center position. Oh yeah. Um, the top two guys are pretty, um, set. Uh, maybe not set, but you you definitely know that you have two centers on this roster, and one of them is Adam Ingram, who played a lot of center in juniors. He plays all three zones really well. He's a good defensive forward, along with having a fantastic offensive skill set. And then you also have Mason Salquist, who's a really reliable, kind of do-it-all-but-score guy. Um, you know, I, I would consider him a glue guy, and he was – it was definitely a bit amongst our broadcast and Brett Larson himself calling him the best player with no points in the country for a very long time. Um, and it was true. Like, it, he did pretty much – he won draws. Um, even though he might have been overmatched in terms of height and weight, he still played good defense. Um, he was, you know, solid at forechecking. Um, and he's a really good glue guy. Now you get into the bottom six. What? Mason Salkis played very good power play. Don't don't get me started. Don't get me Now, now <sighs> listen. But opinions aside, the reason why Salkis plays that power play is because he wins draws. Um, and that was something that only kind of him and Crookshank were doing last year. I know Yami took a step forward, but he was still under 50%. Um, and I will mention that at the National Hockey League level, the most talented centers aren't great face-off men. Uh, the only one that I can really think of is Patrice Bergeron. Like Even Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon are below 50%. Um, 
Um, Bergeron got but, too. <laughs> yeah, Bergeron's retired, so like it's yeah. it's a different it's a different league. But I know Brett really values faceoff wins, um, especially early on in the season when the Huskies were struggling to win draws and they were winning a lot of thrillers. It wasn't sustainable play to Brett, and he really wanted to emphasize winning those draws. Um, and it's probably a reason why Solquist opening night will be a top six center. Um, and that's just kind of something that he emphasizes. The other part of it too, is there's a log jam kind of right now in the bottom six in terms of centermen. You got three freshmen, most likely vying for those spots in, uh, Jack Ryman, Tyson Gross and Verna Mietnan. Um, I don't know what Brett's going to do with those three guys. Um, in the practice that I watched today, the hour practice that I saw was a lot of rush drills. So I didn't really get to see, you know, sustained like formations, draws, five on five, you know, just a offensive third kind of drills where you're moving the puck around. So it was kind of hard to tell where guys were lined up, but man, the bottom six forwards. And if we get to a point where, you know, we're kind of moving Sulquist to maybe like a third line spot because we need some scoring someone's going to need to show himself between those three in terms of yeah. a guy who can work hard, win draws, get in front of the net. Um, and, you know, score, score some goals, distribute the puck. Like one thing that I kind of want to see from the top six or the, you know, tentative top six that we have right now, I think Ingram getting in front of the net will be a big deal. And I know that he's got a wonderful wrist shot, but man, he has such a large frame uh, at over six foot three and, now he's getting up to like 190, 200 pounds. So he's getting bigger and he, and he looks a little bit more built from when I saw him today. Um, so, you know, getting him in front of the net for just a, a few goals, you know, not all of them have to be pretty. <laughs> and I know that he scores really nice goals. Uh, and I wanna see, yeah. And, and I want to see Solquist, Um, And I know Solquist wants to score, but he's a much better passer than he is a shooter. If he can maybe play like maybe a behind the net role, like kind of like almost like a point guard in basketball, like face up on the four guys in front of him and start distributing, maybe that's a role that he can carve out in terms of racking up points. But, you know, for Solquist, it's going to be gritty play, you know, winning draws and, you know, being being somewhat physical and Ingram's going to be some flash. I'd like to see those guys develop those, you know, facets of their game heading into the season. And I know that can't happen overnight, um, but I'm curious to see what what Brett is telling those two centers because they're most likely going to be the top two to start the season and we'll see where it goes from there. Maybe maybe Tyson Gross shows off that really nice shot that he has from the USHL. Maybe Vernon Mietnin becomes a top distributor and starts feeding his brother just a bunch of clap bombs. Like who I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll see. But um right now the center position is going to be a huge question and it might make or break these Huskies in the first three or four weeks of the season. Sure. Y- you never know. Yeah. And I also wonder, I mean, obviously in your head, uh, putting the Mietnans together makes quite a bit of sense, but, and he, you know, Larson did that with the palings, um, as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, the first group of brothers since the palings and the Brodzinski's <laughs> and the Lazats. Don't forget. <laughs> Um, what I will say about pairing up Werner and Vidi is the uh, only challenge with that is that they are on, they're on opposite ends of their college sure. careers right now. Um, I don't know what Vidi's eligibility is, but this might be his last year and Werner's just getting started. Um, so I don't know what Brett feels about that. I think honestly, if Werner just starts racking up the points, uh, class doesn't matter. <laughs> he could be an underclassman, yeah. upperclassman, whatever graduate. 
and he'll get playing time. But I think definitely for the start of the season, I think Brett will almost always value experience in that top six to just get the season started off right. So I wouldn't expect any sophomores or freshmen to populate that top six. And that goes for centermen too. Besides Ingram, because Ingram's just yeah, really talented. <laughs> He hit it on the nail. I don't really have another. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, friend. I didn't mean to step on you. <laughs> you you're good. Oh God, the Joe Molinar goal from CC. That was a that, that's a story. that's a funny story. You can tell it. You can tell it if you want. Well, I'll let you finish it, Alex. But um, so the home CC game, as I'm sure um, you both know, um, that. Uh, you know, Alex and I are calling this game and, you know, I don't know if you guys listen to us. I don't, I don't blame you if you don't, but I will say that it was the, the air was deflated in that four, two loss to CC at home. That was not a fun game to call. Um, and Molinar scores like a little kind of crappy tap in, um, which, you know, it happens to everybody, especially late in games. There's some weird late goals to kind of, you know, cut tallies off pretty much any hockey player who has played at least a few years in hockey has done it. Um, but, you know, I'm talking, I'm trying to make a point on color, and I'm being long-winded, and Molinar scores, and I just go, oh, sorry, Alex. And then <laughs> Alex finishes it off with a perfect little deflection back, which I'll let him say it. And he did, yeah, he's finishing a point. He goes, no, sorry, Fern. I go, you're good. <laughs> like, no, no sell on the goal whatsoever. The game's over, and we were just completely done with it by that Does point. Because it, it, happen, it happens, I cut him off, and I go, the Husky score, Joe Molinar. <laughs> And then, and then it's like five seconds of letting the goal horn go. And he goes, sorry, friend. I go, you're good. And then it's just another 10 <laughs> seconds of not talking. Funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, the, the, uh, the most, the, the biggest way the broadcast went off the rails, though, was definitely that's Colorado College game in the frozen face-off, though. <laughs> the championship game? Don't worry. Nobody listens <laughs> to the championship games. Oh, Clearly, I would hope no one listened to that game because uh, we had a... The last 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, we had like, if you look up on YouTube, like announcers with zero context, like we had one of those moments for about five minutes straight. Um, it was interesting. So we're, we're calling this game and it's like, it's not really like, it's a, it's a three, like a three nothing game. It's still like, quote, quote close, but like St. Cloud is dominating like the yeah. entire thing. You watch the game. And uh, Michael Wiseman, the uh, media contact at NCHC comes around passing out the, the ballot sheets for the all tournament team. We have never gotten to fill out anything like that before, so we're like we're like all fawning over. Oh my god! Like we're gonna get to do this kind of thing on Think, air. Uh, we're doing this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like as the as the games are going, and then I think Cronulla took a hit at center ice. Mm-hmm. Goes, uh, and I say, "Oh, Cronulla takes a hit. You hope he's not hurt. Uh, you never want to see anybody get hurt in a game like this." And, and Zach Chapman goes, "No, but uh, you know the good thing was uh, he he was already on his knees, so it helped shield his blow a little bit." Uh, as quiet as we are right now, with 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 the X being you know filled, just quiet silence. Brian laughs, and just like lets out like a little like chuckle that just like left his esophagus, and I and it just we're we're off. It's it it, it just rides, it goes up, and then we just fall down, and it's just it. Oh boy, that was a that was an experience. Andrew, uh, you got uh, anything? Kind of thoughts on the season? 
What are you looking forward to? I thought that was a I thought that was a good um preview from Brian cuz I do think that the yeah. center position is the biggest question mark this year. I also had sort of like what would be your what would be a good over under for starts for Dominic Bassey? Because so we got 34 regular season games. You're guaranteed to play two, at least, postseason games in the NCHC tournament. So let's think 36 is the, and that's not counting NCAA, but uh, the tournament. But let's just use 36 as a gauge. I think he's, I think Larson isn't going to want to, like, burn him out. I think we're going to see a fair amount of James Gray. Now, it depends on what your definition of fair amount is. I would say, so maybe let's over under starts for Jane, starts for non Dominic Bassey goalies. Cause I guess we got to throw in Posh, even though I would assume they're going to try to redshirt him like they did with Gray last year. I'm not sure. Yeah. It might be an age restriction. I'm not sure if they can or whatnot, but I wouldn't expect, I, of those other two goalies, I would expect Gray to get more starts, more action than Posh. How about, Six and a half starts for James Gray. Over under? Is that too high of an over under? I would pick over because that would put us at. I'm ar- taking the under. Oh, I'm taking the under. Disco. So that means you're you're put you're putting I... Bassey in for thirty games, which is not. I mean, that's not atypical in NCAA's. It's just it's not something we saw last year, and I'm wondering if. Uh, if Larson still has that, you know, Ren Act 2022 PTSD of not playing backups enough. I playoff time have PTSD from, from that. So that's why I think that it's going to be over. I like when I, we might, at it we might get a, about that is, is roughly about like my over under would probably be around eight and a half, nine and a half. So, so I, I, would I, I put down 20, 26 starts for, for Bassey, which would leave 10 for Gray. But I feel like, I think we're going to know a lot after the first month. Yeah. If we see that, because I would assume, you know, you're playing teams like St. Thomas, teams like uh, Bemidji. You got some opportunities to try Gray out against non-NCHC competition. And if he looks great, he might. I, I thought. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if he looks, no, if he looks go. great in, your podcast. in October, no, you're the guest. Uh, happy to have you on. If Gray looks really good uh, in his first couple of starts, then I don't think there's any reason not to expect him to get some more regular appearances. I still think that Bassey will be the main starter this year, overwhelmingly the main starter. But it, it will it will depend on how good Gray does Gray looks and is is how good Bassey looks as well. If Bassey looks shaky, then we might see more of of Gray. But um, so I think we're going to figure out early on, similar to how Brian was mentioning about we're, we're going to figure out a lot about the center question marks in the first <laughs> month. I think we're going to similarly have those question marks about goaltenders answered fairly early as well. But I, I'm not ready to say that this is Bassey's, you know, 95% workload and we don't expect to hear much from the backups. But that's just, that's another question 
it's not as much of a question mark as it was last year with goaltending, but it's still something that we, I think, are going to have to keep an eye on for the beginning por- portion of the year. I say, you say that we'd probably figure it out within one month. I, I, I thought we would have the goalie situation last year found out in under a month as well. But then again, that just turned out to be odd. So, I, I think I, I think I'm gonna say that this is probably Bassie's team. I, I think this will be the team that he will be the head starter for. The issue, though, is he hasn't played over 24 games yet at the collegiate level. His uh, career starts like record was 37 with the Youngstown Phantoms his last year in the USHL. And, and his last year at Colorado College, he kind of tandemed a little bit with Matt Vernon towards the end of the year as well. Mm-hmm. We, we could see a bit of a like a fatigue thing, and if that happens, then I could see Gray getting those starts. I just I don't think that it worked for St. Cloud State last year to run like the tandem, and you see you know who you're you're going to see a guy like a lot. I just I don't I don't know if I can foresee you know Brett giving it to a guy that like giving him. Unless Jimmy is very good, which if he's very good, don't get me wrong, he should play for this team. But I just, I don't think that, I mean, I can only see, like, on the schedule as of now, I see he's going to probably play one of the St. Thomas games. He'll probably play, like, a Miami or two Miami games. We're not going to put him in against Michigan. That would be uh, be a little bit weird. We might, might play a Bemidji game. What, four games plus another Miami game, maybe? I'd say he starts like five or six at the most games this year, unless like towards the end of the year we get like a Reddick situation where Bassey gets like injured. But I don't know. I, I think Jimmy can be a very good quarterback. I think he can be a very good for this for this team. I just I I think Bassey is going to get a lot of the he'll he'll shoulder a lot of the the starts for this. For the I I just year. feel that so. if you give Caster. Maybe even two or three games earlier in the season, the year that Rennick got sick, I feel like he's a lot more comfortable against Quinnipiac. And we needed, we needed like marginally bad goaltending in that game, and we would have won by two. (laughs) And we didn't, and we didn't get it. Didn't Lamoreau play the second St. Thomas game, not Caster, too? Yep. Yeah. Part of it. So Caster didn't play that one St. Thomas game either. Yeah. He got a couple of starts, no, I, and I, he I, got I he there. he played both games against Duluth in the playoffs immediately before Quinnipiac. So it's not like yeah, he was completely cold. If, if anything, if you're forced to play your backup, you would have preferred that he would have gotten the most recent action. So, and I know I think he got at least came into relief yeah. in the Western Michigan series, which they were blown out in Kalamazoo that year. And I know he may have even gotten a start in the Saturday game there. So he had, he had some action. The thing about gray is we just, we have no idea what he is because we haven't seen him play at the college level. Like you're saying, yeah, you don't think he's going to play against Michigan. Well, what if he plays three games in October and pitches shutouts each game? Like maybe I want to see him play against Michigan. So, but I have (laughs) no idea because I have never seen James gray uh, play goaltender ever. So he might be a fairly pedestrian the backup. Of, yeah, the he might the be day. the next mob roder. Aaron Dell. Yeah, at the end of the day, these are all predictions. So, yeah. I think one thing to keep in mind with Gray, and if you like, my gut tells me six games for James. Um, might be eight, but I think six to eight. So I think the over under 
from from you, Andrew, is like a good a good pin, like kind of a good point of starting. But I, the thing is, and I don't know a whole lot about um, like junior hockey leagues outside of the one that I called, and then the NAL and the USHL. But the league that, respectively, you know, James Gray dominated, and he was fantastic for uh, New York and the OJHL. I don't think the OJHL is regarded as like a like a tip of the top junior hockey league, and I could be wrong, but I don't I don't think it's considered like one of the upper echelon. Like it's certainly great for development, and it's a place that colleges recruit from. But I think like like you guys have been kind of reiterating that we don't really know what James Gray is yet. And for me personally, it's hard to extrapolate some of his junior numbers because yeah. there's just kind of a point of mystery there, um, where it's just tough to project from OJHL all the way up to playing in the, what I would say is the best conference in college hockey and playing a college hockey slate, even non-conference. So it's just, it's tough. Yeah. It's those tough were video game numbers that he put yeah, up, you gotta... there, but I'm not sure mm-hmm. like you, I don't know. I'm not sure the, the quality of that league, mostly because St. Cloud really has never recruited from that league. They've got two guys now though, because yeah. that uh, Tyson, no relation. Maybe they're brothers uh, with Blake. Caleb um, Tyson. Yeah. Is it Tyson? Is that how we're pronouncing it? Tyson. Okay, so they're they're clearly not yeah. related then. But he's also from that that Ontario Junior Hockey League, if, if I'm not mistaken. He played in the NAHL last year, but I believe he uh, before yep. that was in that OJHL. So I don't know if that's a uh, Dave Shyak if he's plucking guys in from that league because typically if you're getting guys from Canada, St. Cloud. Uh, Motsko and going back, you know, to the Craig Dahl days, you're going in Western Canada, BCHL in particular. Yep. So it's not an area, it's not a league that St. Cloud has recruited from. A lot of those guys will end up in the EC, uh, in the ECAC or Hockey East. So it's kind of unusual for them those guys to cross over to the Western leagues in uh, for NCAA. So yeah, it from what I would gather, I would probably put it on a par with the NAHL in terms of American junior leagues. Uh, certainly not the, t- yeah. the certainly not a USHL type you know, tier one, but probably in that tier two range. And you got to think too, previous to the last five or six years, guys out of Saskatchewan and uh, Alberta that that was kind of seen as the dregs of the junior ranks. But guys like Hale McCarr coming out of there have really risen the profile of those Prairie Province leagues. So I think. Uh, just the quality all around uh, in not only the U.S. but in Canada junior ranks um, has risen to the extent where yeah you can you can get guys out of fairly obscure leagues, but that doesn't mean that they're they're not serious prospects who can contribute in a big way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you mentioned like previous regimes in terms of St. Cloud State coaches. Like we still have um, guys from Western Canada playing on the current roster. Yeah. Like uh, Zach Okabe was from, I believe, the AJ. Um, you Kupka. know, and I think Kupka, Kupka was, yeah, was the king of, of Camrose, yeah, yeah, the king of Camrose, Kyler Kupka. Um, and like even you know, and it's not even just St. Cloud State, like Minnesota State Mankato picked up one of the best players in the BCHL, I believe, in Simone Tassi or Simon Tassi, however, he prefers to have his first name pronounced. So, yeah, usually the OJHL isn't like a league that's picked from a lot. Um, to kind of build off your point, it's usually Western Canada that Midwestern schools like St. Cloud really choose from. All right. When in doubt, don't trust the media guide. When it comes to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, my favorite, my favorite uh, 
all all uh, NCHC pick, Massimo Rizzo. Rizzo, that was a really great one for me. That, it was silly me for that's what the pronunciation what the, uh, guide said. Rizzo. Oh wow. Yeah, it was it was R I capital and then Zo. So I was going Rizzo, and then we listened back to the TV broadcast, and it's Rizzo. So. <laughs> It's just really dumb. I don't. I don't understand. And it is Rizzo. It's not Rizzo. So I don't know why they put yeah. it like that. But it just it had me second guessing. I was like, I'm just gonna go with what the pronunciation sheet says, Man, and it was wrong. wrong. So that I, was fun. I can't. I can't wait till we see the pronunciation guide for teenagers. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what Melrose cooks up. Well, we've seen how Aiden many Spellacy, teen, and how many versions yeah. of Peart Peart. Even like the Pert. the uh, Team USA, Pert. when he was playing for the juniors, I think Weldy pointed out that they had like multiple versions of the pronunciation mm-hmm. on his name. They like changed it in real time because no one could no, no one could know. And it's like I don't think it's that difficult of a name to pronounce. Funny, but... funny, funny story about that, Andrew. So uh, last year we're going into. I have a class with with Jack Peart. And uh, I'm going into you know the St. Thomas series, and I, I have I have his number, and I'm texting him. I'm like, all right, just so we're sure, can you send me a voice memo of you pronouncing your last name, just so I don't catch any flack for this? So we do know for sure it is Jack Peart. Coach Larson still calls him Peart. Um, but coach accredits that to uh, he just calls everybody by their first name. So yeah, and we it's last in Spellacy. And last uh, podcast, we were wondering about Ryman, or is it Riemann? Do we have an official pronunciation for what for Jack? Not Ryman? that I'm aware of. But please, can you I'm can you sure get on that and get back to us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's Ryman, um, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I could be wrong, and what? And I probably it will be, be Raymond wrong, too. Considering, considering my past efforts, so. <laughs> it could be Raymond, it... like everybody loves Raymond. Like make that joke. And I've also heard yeah, Donna. I've also heard multiple versions of Lutke, Letke, Litke. Litke. It's Litke. Litke. Okay. Yep. Well, poor Alex. He's got two different guys with the same uh, last name for the Omaha series, and they're pronounced differently. There's one that's Litke on our team, and oh, then the other one's right. Lutke on really? Omaha. So yeah. Alex, it's Tanner, Alex, I feel bad. It's Ludkey. It's Ludkey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are two brothers on Omaha named Ludkey, and we have Josh Ludkey. Sorry. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If we have any more pronunciation uh, questions, yeah. our listeners, we know our where to go. Love now. when we talk about the pronunciation. Um. Yes, they do. Jealousy is the one that you guys do a lot. Well, he's off the team now. He's 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 no longer our problem. So. Hey, he's getting his law degree. Really? Maybe he'll represent one of us one day. Maybe. Yeah, he'll be my uh he'll be the lawyer for my liable insurance. <laughs> right. Um yeah. uh, as for me, um you know, Brian, obviously what you said about the centers, I'm a big proponent about winning down the center. Um so that's something that um I've kind of taken an interest in. I'm always interested to see the freshmen and see what they do. Um, obviously, we've seen kind of a meteoric rise when it comes to Warren Clark um, and his stock uh, over the past year. Um, and, you know, stock yeah, going up and then also uh, Barrett Hall um, as well. So it's 
those those are you know obviously you know Mietnin seeing if he's gonna if if Werner's gonna get a penalty before Viti does. Um, which is my yeah. prediction is that's going to happen. And I'm going to guess it's going to happen in the first oh, game. Yeah. And I, I'm going to guess also that they're going to be on the same line. And then we're going to see a Mietnin in the box. And then we're going to be like, oh, my God, what happened? Which one is it? And we're going to have a small panic on on which one it is. And it turns out it's Werner. So the streak still lives for VT. That's my that that's my prediction. Yeah. My question is, how are they going to separate them on the jerseys? Because usually you have... Uh... For brothers, you have V, you have, like, their first, like, couple letters of their first names, and then, like, their last names. So is it going to be V-E-R, Mietnin, on his I think, jersey, or is it I, was, I had the same question. I, I think they'll just go to the first letter that's different. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with V-I, Mietnin, and then V-E. Well, he's also wearing 19 this year, so. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to be... But then it's like you, you almost VD, if if you're putting too much letters on yeah. there, then you might just say let's just do like an Ichiro thing and just do Werner and v- Vietti, like just do the first names instead of last names. There you go. That might be less confusing. I think Bruce might have an aneurysm if that happens. Yeah. Well, then we definitely should do <laughs> anything. Anything that makes uh, Siski go ape is 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 okay in my book. And I say It'll ape because obviously Bruce. there was the sign years ago of. Bruce Siski killed Harambe, which still makes me laugh. Um, I, I'm sorry, oh, Alex, Alex well, Bryant. There was a gorilla named Harambe a few years ago. <laughs> Maybe oh, this is okay. when you were like, you were like yeah, eight. you were like eight at yeah. the time. So I, I remember. Frankly, thankfully, I remember. Yeah, never, never forget. forget. So, well, that's when, like, I think things collectively online in terms of things like discourse and friendliness and um you know memes i think it collectively just got worse like post that point <laughs> yeah. uh so that's i that, that that's the one true. that's the one day i attribute I that's the one day, day i had a great time the, the Cubs won the world series that year i'll take what I can. so so springing off yeah. your question weldy about freshmen mm-hmm. i kind of had a talker like do we want to pick Highest scoring freshman. Do you think any freshman's gonna crack twenty points? Twenty. And if so, who is it? Twenty's tough. I got like a. If there's two guys that. Go ahead. Sorry. If there's two guys that can do it, I think it would be Barrett or Tyson Gross, that being Barrett Hall or Tyson Gross. I think those are kind of the only two guys that I could picture. Um, and it's not necessarily anything against guys um, like Werner, like Jack, uh, like Warren Clark or, or Keenan, but or Caleb even. Um, but the, the thing with Tyson and Barrett is that Barrett's got an NHL-level skill set. He was drafted by the Kraken for a reason. And Tyson was putting up points in the USHL before he got banged up. So I think Tyson's got a good shot. I think Barrett's got a really good offensive skill set in terms of his stick handling um, to where those are the two guys that if you had to like put an egg in a basket of a freshman scoring 20 points, you'd have to do it for one of those two. But yeah, like Weldy said, 20 is tough for a freshman. Um, it, it took Ingi a while to get going, and he was a third-round draft pick, like a for for a husky prospect, that's pretty high. I, I know for maybe some other schools that isn't as high, but you know for 
for a Husky, that's a pretty highly touted pick. And it took Ingram a little while to get moving. I mean, I know he eventually finished with 23. Um, but, yeah, I think your best bet is either Barrett or Tyson. And even then, that's a that's a big if. Yeah, I was going to say Hall I, I is, is Hall is probably my pick for leading score among freshmen. I got a dark horse. I'm not going to say 20 points because that's real impressive when we're talking about a defenseman. But I'm really mm-hmm. intrigued with this Ewart because I'm I'm not going to yeah. be – I would not be surprised if he becomes like a power play guy. Uh, uh, just seeing his track record at, at the junior level, um, he's a guy that, yeah, it might not be – he might not amount to anything special. But I think he's he's a guy that I I have my eye on as someone who could be an offensive force. Put it this way, I know he's not a, he wasn't coming in as a freshman, but what were we thinking about with with Anhorn last year? Were we thinking he was going to be anything close to what he turned out to be in his injury shortened season? No. Again, I'm not saying Ewart is going to be Anhorn 2.0. Love it if that happened, but um, mm-hmm. although, sometimes although these guys Brian can did predict Anhorn to score the first goal last year. Subject, well, that was a that was a good good snag, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Just, um, you know, just to give some context too, as I was just kind of siphoning through Ingram, uh, Brian, like you said, had 23. Uh, the next highest scoring freshman was Jack Rogers with eight. Um, uh, and then yeah. you know you're talking about defensemen as well. Peart had 17 points. Um, his freshman campaign. Um, uh, VT Metinen had 24 points his freshman campaign, and that led the team. Um, he won the he so, won the year yeah. that year. So that's where you know it's you know, again. I would love it to happen. Um, but uh, it, twenty is just quite the benchmark uh, to get up to, and I don't know if there's anyone as touted as Ingram was coming in. So that's um and on on January 4th on January 14th, which is that CC home series. After that series, Ingram was at 10 points. So he got 13 yeah, he 13 points at the half. at the end. He had a one five point game in Omaha that's, which really kind of sprung sprung that, him up, but Yeah, that Omaha series yeah. was his coming out party. And I mean you you raised a good point about, you know, the freshman defenders maybe, you know, getting a couple of points. Um, I just, this defensive core is the strongest it's I think so it's strong. been in a while here. Because you have, you have guys like last year who, with, with Anhorn getting hurt, had to slide in. You have guys like Mason Reiners, Cooper Wiley, who had to step in as well. I mean, I know you're losing Spencer Meyer, Brendan Bushy, and Andre Trable, but you, as I mentioned, you keep you keep Dylan Anhorn. You add Carl Falk out of the transfer portal. You have Josh Lake, Pierre. Um, I mean, this is a very, very good defensive core. And then, you, of course, you add the, you add the guys like Tina Ewart, uh, Warren Clark, Caleb Thiessen. I It's going to be a struggle for playing time for some of those guys. They're all very good hockey players, but, I mean, we know Brett likes to dress the, the extra defenseman too, so I'm assuming he'll just cycle those guys out a lot anyway, and we'll see playing time from all of them. It's just going to be very hard to find anything like semblance of like consistency, I think, for like the bottom pair plus extra defenseman, I think. I don't know about you, Brian, but that's just where I am with that situation. I mean, my I don't necessarily want to call it a hot take because that's an overused term, but last year, the two best defensive cores in the country when fully healthy were the Golden Gophers of Minnesota and the Huskies of St. Cloud. 
Um, this year, I think with not only Minnesota having huge turnover at their blue line, but also Michigan losing guys like Luke Hughes, I think St. Cloud State's the best defensive core in the country. And that I, I maybe that changes a I few agree. weeks into the season. But looking at it from a preseason perspective, um, in terms of like experience in college hockey and the and the addition of Warren Clark being a draft pick, uh, Tienan Ewert averaged uh, 0.77 points per game as a defenseman in juniors, which, I mean, I know that the SJHL isn't like a, once again, this isn't like a top, you know, tier one junior hockey league, but, you know, as a defenseman to not be too far off from a point per game and to be considered a late bloomer is a pretty big deal to me. Um, so the additions of those guys, along with Caleb Thiessen, who's a really big body um, physical defenseman, and like Alex talked about, the returners, I think this is arguably the best defensive core in the country. Um, and I'm willing to kind of die on that hill of this is going to be the strength of the Huskies once again this year, like it was last year when fully healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And we did yeah. see uh, Peart make a, a preseason NCHC team. First team mm-hmm. preseason, whatever. There seemed to be dragging these preseason teams out over the week. So we got to wait to see if uh, any other Huskies were honored with preseason uh, all in. I mean, I would, I would put Anhorn. I would put Anhorn over right. here, like personally. But right, but maybe, yeah. maybe also there's question marks about I, I think, coming back from a big injury too. So I, I guess there's that aspect too. How, how did he look today, Moose? Um. Well, from the short, the Just short terrible. spurt that I saw. Just garbage. Um, he was a pylon. <laughs> no. I, I think <laughs> Anhorn looked really good on his edges. He had a fantastic poke check on a rush drill. I think it was a three-on-one, and he was the lone defenseman. He had a great poke check that I distinctly remember in my head. Um, and he was the main community. He was the main player outside of coaches that I saw communicating with the team. He was shouting to the squad. He was trying to build upon what Larson's staff was trying to send to his guys. So I think Anhorn. I think not only is he taking the captain's patch seriously, but I think he's regained most of his skill, even coming off of a really, really tough foot injury. Um, I would say that Anhorn probably gets second team honors along with Zach Okabe, uh, in terms of all NCHC second team. Um, I, I, that would be my prediction. Um, and then I don't know, maybe Feedy gets third team. Cause once again, he has I a think... slow start. Uh, I, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough to say, but I think there's two Huskies on the second team. That'd be my guess. Yeah, I got Okabe and uh, Anhorn on the second team. I think Bassey gets 13 goalie honors because I think I think Pearson gets uh, second team for North Dakota because he was he yeah. won many of the games last year. Yeah, the only wild card is where do you put Lacozy? I mean, maybe maybe Lacozy slides into a third he, team slot. It, it's tough to say. He kind of choked towards the end of the season last year, though. I mean, well, no offense to the guy. But North Dakota was one of the best offensive teams in the country. That's tough. And he was a freshman goaltender. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, don't forget, yeah, North Dakota was not the best defenseman in the country towards the end of the season as well, Brian. Shut shut up. Tyler Clevin was not that guy. This is a bit. This is a bit. You're not that guy, Brian. I know, I know it's a bit. Guy. I just. I, That's a, I just. Ugh. Yeah. That was a, we, were, we were driving back from Omaha back to my house in Lincoln the night after. I don't know if it was. It was I think it was the loss to Omaha. And uh, mm-hmm. 
we're, we're listening to the end of the North Dakota game in Colorado Springs, and we're like listening to their radio broadcast in North Dakota. And I think I think it's Dave Starman was on with a uh, with a North Dakota Tim Hennessy, and they were talking about oh when, you know when Kyler Clevin is healthy, he's probably the far and away the best defenseman in college hockey. And me and Brian just <laughs> distinctively driving on the highway, look next to it, we look at each other, shake our heads, and we change the channel. <laughs> Alex, I'll have to correct you. Um, it was not. It was not. It was not David Starman. Um, I will. Uh, I will admonish his name. It was Pat Michelin. Oh, um, that makes and way he, more sense. My bad. My bad, Dave. I apologize. He was. He was adamant that the not 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 only Micheletti was. Um, and I think Pat McAlady is a good guy, so I'm not trying to disparage him over one bad take. But I one think this take, take is probably one of the worst that I heard of college hockey last year. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get into all of it. But what I will say is <laughs> he, him and Home of Economy Radio were adamant that the NCHC was unfairly penalizing Clevin. When I'm sorry, and I think Clevin's a really talented defenseman, he he doesn't know how to hit within the guidelines of college hockey. Like he just doesn't. He's way he does way too much. Um, I know that probably part of it is the fact that he is a bigger guy. Like he's six foot five, I think, or six foot four. And sometimes bigger guys, you know, do get penalized for you know playing physical. But some of the Clevin hits that were majors last year, like I, I had no issues with some of those calls yeah. against Clevin, uh, and I was very surprised <laughs> to hear to hear some folks complaining. Um, now I don't want to. We saw our fair share of majors. Yeah, and I and I don't want to. I don't want to step on any toes of people in media. Like I, I don't want to, you know, go too far. But man, uh, North Dakota was really, really, really drinking the Kool Aid on you know Tyler Clevin truthism <laughs> <laughs> last year. It was, it was crazy. You guys uh, walk a tighter line here uh, than we do. We're a little more fast and loose. We'll just call people out. You. I don't want to disparage anything. I'm not allowed to talk to Bradbury. That's not true. We got to we got to remember that. Got to remember that, Brian, for Wednesday. Uh, you have to talk I, to Brad. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think Bradbury would banish you from his face or anything like that. But <laughs> I did, he, he just he sees did, me. Get out. You you did rub him the wrong way um, with your the college career is over tweet after beating North Dakota. That that was maybe a little too much. <laughs> Man, I don't. <laughs> um, I got some. Uh, I got some prop bets. I got some prop bets here. Uh, some are kind of serious. Uh, that can get some discussion. You're one spin away from your life being yeah, fixed yep. forever. So let's go. Let's, uh, financial oh, independence starts today. Um, so it's we i've got some men's i've got some women's um i've got uh i, I got a couple of things here so um first off that i kind of want to i want to say is that andrew and i kind of had a discussion last podcast i want to see where you two fall on it uh over under three and a half nchc teams in the national tournament where do you guys fall on that i'm going under over. At three over Alex, could you repeat that? What were you? I'm going under exactly oh, three. I, that's did. What did you say, Weldy? I thought you were under three. Even I, I think I said yeah. I think I said two, maybe three at the max is what I. Did. And then you were adamant about higher, if I remember correctly. 
I think I said three. I thought you said four. I, I would say from a from a thirty thousand foot view, I think the conference is in a bit of a down period. Um so I mean you gotta keep in mind this this is a conference that's put in six teams before. I don't think we're at that level. So so who are your uh who are who, who's our teams here? I think St. Cloud's going to make. I'll, I'll just. I'll go on the record. I think St. Cloud's going to make the tournament this year. I do too. Moose, how do you two feel? I'm. Uh, I'm going to be pretty adamant on four. Um, I think it's over uh, in terms of three and a half, and maybe maybe that's me being an NCHC homer. I'm. I'm an NCHC hockey uh, proponent in the same way that an SEC football fan is for that's their fair. conference. Um, we're the SEC of the I, North, so it's okay. Yeah, well, and I think we're the yeah. SEC of of college hockey. I, I don't think there's a better conference out there um, in terms of the history and you know all that pageantry stuff that isn't really on the ice. But I digress. Um, you know, for for the tournament, I agree. St. Cloud State's going to make it. I think the St. Cloud State team, fully healthy, could be a top five team in the country. We'll see. But I think this is a national championship contender. Um, and maybe that's me being a little high on the Huskies, but I think I think this is a good group. Um, and in terms of the other teams, I think Denver gets in. Um, Denver returns guys like Rizzo and Barons to a really talented young group of uh, guys who, at the forward group, they played really valuable bottom six minutes in terms of the Denver Pioneers. Um, and some good young defensemen. Uh, Shai Booyum, who has some room to grow, is still on the team, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but um, their main question mark is, is goaltending. And, what are you um, talking about? Oh, Cor- yeah, and Alex uh, is- Corona's not there anymore. So Weldy thinks that's addition <laughs> yeah. by subtraction. <laughs> right, exactly. They he filled also, that yeah, hole I, at net by getting rid of Corona. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I was, I was not, I was not as sold on Krona as some of oh the CHC guys were. So I'm definitely with you on that. Well, um, Brian, but we were in I, Denver. We were in Denver watching him, and me and you were like, I don't, I don't know what they're like talking about here. Yeah, after yeah. the third um, high goal that they scored on him that Friday game out there, <laughs> like maybe. Besides, his glove work could use a little um, brushing up. <laughs> Well, and Alex mentioned uh, Shai's brother, which is, I believe his name is pronounced Ziev Buyum, who is projected to be, in terms of raw talent, a higher ceiling than Shai. So there, there's some good pieces on that Denver squad. Um, their goaltending is going to be a question mark in terms of who's actually going to slot in, but I think they make the postseason. Um, the offseason winners, in terms of transfer portal, North Dakota, I think are going to make it. Um, they brought in some really good pieces. They bring back guys like Jackson Blake, who had one of the best freshman seasons ever in college hockey. Uh, and they got the arguably the best goaltender in the conference in Ludwig Person. So I think that helps their case a lot to get in. Um, in terms of the fourth team, it's kind of a jam. I think Western Michigan has a good sh- shot at it. Um, I know that coming in to like before I started doing prep for the season, I was like, I don't really know about western and i they've got some real talent in that forward group their defensive core is not as um not as uh you know maybe not touted but not as talented you know and kind of a post uh ronnie adder you know team and their goaltending is a little bit eh, but i think western michigan's going to play 
physical on the boards, and they're going to put pucks in the net still without Jason Pohl and Ryan McAllister. Uh, there's yeah. there's some guys on this team fun. like Sam 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 Colangelo is a really good get from uh, the from the East Coast. Uh, Joe Cassetti transferred to Western yeah, Michigan weird. from Miami of Ohio. Um, and there's some other players that I'm neglecting to mention, like Ethan Phillips is a NHL draft pick who hasn't really fully shown himself yet. That might take a step this year. Um, so fun. I think Western Michigan is a contender. Colorado College with uh, Caden and Barico always is going to have a spot or a chance at the national tournament. Uh, that kid is insane. Um, and then a wild card I think might be Omaha. I'm not really sure what to think of this Omaha squad. They lost a lot in the forward group, but they still have guys like Simon Latkozy. They have a good defensive core. So I think there's three teams um, for that kind of fourth team in the NCHC, and that would be Western Michigan, Omaha, and Colorado College. Um, I think kind of the odd ones out in this scenario are teams like Duluth and Miami, uh, who I just I don't know if Duluth has enough. Dan Jacobson is going to be really uh, disappointed in you. That you are, well, and you're the lumping thing. them in right in with right Miami. in with Miami down so, there in the down there they're in the, in the class of the league with Miami. Now, I, I will say that I think Duluth will have a double digit separation on Miami, regardless of where they finish um, in the conference. Uh, but what I will say about Duluth is um, their forward group, I think, doesn't have a lot of scoring talent per se. I know they have some talented freshmen, but in terms of experienced guys coming back. As far as I can tell, and I definitely could be wrong, but besides Ben Steves, um, I mean, I think Jack Smith is back. Um, but besides that, I'm not incredibly moved. I think their goaltending situation is a really huge question mark. And I'm sure that's what people were saying about St. Cloud State last year. So, <laughs> I mean, you never know with this kind of projection. But I just, Duluth also losing Wyatt Kaiser to the draft or to the NHL, I think is a huge deal. Him going to Chicago is a big piece of that Minnesota Duluth squad. So I just, I don't know. And Duluth's always going to be there. They'll turn it up in the second half of the season. They'll start slow probably and win a bunch of conference games and claw their way to like a higher road seed in the postseason for the NCHC. But I just, I'm not sold on Duluth this year. And I'm I'm free to be wrong. Uh, you know, going against our protected rival in the NCHC is maybe not a good idea because we see them four times every year. but. I just I, I don't know. I think Duluth might be the odd one out um, in in that race. Um, and if it isn't Duluth, it it's going to be Omaha. Um, but I just if you, my gut is telling me Omaha over Duluth. If you had to have me choose like a a third team in that so race, so Dan Jacobson, that is Brian underscore Moose on Twitter. So you can <laughs> he follows me. He... He yeah, follows he me, so he can, for now. He can, yeah, he can for air now. me out. Yeah, he can come at you. Um, and if and if I'm wrong, I will gladly sure. take it on the chin. There's, I have no issues with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm obviously with on SCSU and Denver making it, but having a third team, I mean, Omaha always ends. So you are committing to the yeah. Huskies yeah. making the tournament. I feel Omaha always ends up dropping the ball against some non-conference. They'll have some kind of yeah, stinker that'll keep them out of consideration. They got another chance to lose to them in non-conference this year. Although, mm-hmm. although Western Michigan plays Lindenwood four times this four year. Four times. So. Back to back to back so to back. So weird. So, 
talk about padding some stats. They're going to really rack yeah, up them right, pairwise exactly. points. God, I just, so you're I just saying one, 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 one loss in there just to tank everything. <laughs> what a couple of close calls against North Dakota for Lindenwood last year. I think so. Like, like half the conference plays Lindenwood. I know North Dakota has them again. Denver has them. As you said, Western's got them four times. I think somebody else just put them in the damn well. conference. <laughs> but at this point, no, we have nine yeah. now. We have uh, we have we have nine with with Arizona State. Nine, nine, nine. Starting nine. next year. <laughs> so you said. I mean, hey, Lindenwood makes it an even ten. This true. this like rumoring of Lindenwood to the NCHC, I think there's a better chance Lindenwood ends up playing on Mars <laughs> than in the NCHC. To be fair, I think, I think it's just me that's championing it. I don't think anybody else is anywhere. In all honesty, I, I if there's only one team in the CCHA that I would think would join the conference to make a 10, it'd be St. Thomas. That's what I had on the record. I'm glad that NCHC. you listened to our last <laughs> show when we're in violent agreement mm-hmm. about that. Um, so, yeah. That's, but, uh, that's my pick. But my my three teams, I have St. Cloud, Denver, and I'm going to go with Sleeper. I'm going Colorado College is making the national oh. tournament this year as the third team. I think Chris Mayotte is one of the best college hockey coaches in the country. I think he's one of the best strap hockey coaches in the country. Caden Emberico is insane. Gleb Varemiev is fully healthy this year. They're bringing in a guy like Antonio Fernandez who can pot easy goals from the top of the circle in the power play, kind of like Grant Crookshank type. Um team just it, I mean I know you're losing Hunter McCown. That's a pretty big loss for you. That's that's your leading goal getter, but DC just I mean I, I, I try to look away from them and then I just, I keep getting pulled back. I don't know if that's because they're basically Lincoln Stars West over there in Colorado Springs, but I mean they look they look very good and I'm I, they're my sleeper number three in this conference. Yeah, I haven't picked my third team. Like Weldy, I'm sort of sold on the Huskies and Denver. Fairly certain that they're going to be in the tournament. As far as and I think there's going to be a third team. I just don't know who that is. I Miami has no chance. Miami will not be one of those playoff teams. But the Dunder. other five, th- nothing would surprise me. I don't trust CC enough yeah. at this point to go ahead and make him my pick to to make the tournament. Yes, I do think that Imberico is the best goalie in the conference. Um, was, I think he's was he's he like in the a net for the step or two above hundred and eighty foot goal? Is that him? He was. All right. Yes. All right. Was. I just I just yes, just was... just interesting factoid. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. Continue. One of the best. And then I think the next game, Saint Cloud chased him after a period. So that was not his best weekend. He got hurt, but. Yeah, he, he got hurt in the St. Cloud home series, but at the in, yeah, no, in he had a in hamstring springs. issue. In, oh, did they, in springs? Yeah, that's what they called it after he gave up three goals in the first. Yeah. They called it an injury. Post. Yeah, okay. he had a hamstring issue in springs, and then he lost a tooth in St. Cloud. Okay, so I mean, they have a they have a shot I think it's with a having the best goalie. Yeah, I... Luke's hundred and eighty foot snipe. <laughs> no, bushy. Oh, bushy. Sorry, it was yeah, bushy. Yeah, bushy. Duh, yeah. he got play of the year <laughs> nomination for that. <laughs> Litke did have that's a goal right. in the yep. series, though. So. That's where I got. So I don't. Went off yeah. Brian Yoon. I just don't know where they're going to score goals. I don't trust them enough. Um, I'm not as sold on North Dakota either. I mean, I've kind of mentioned it. I'm not as high on Pearson as I think the the conventional wisdom is. So I I don't trust North Dakota as much either. I mean, they brought in 
goalies from the transfer portal last two years to, to varying levels of success and mediocrity really might be a, a better uh, word to describe it. And with rehauling that entire defensive core, it's a difficult job to do on the, on the fly. Uh, and so they've got guys like Gaber um, and Blake that they're going to be, I mean, I would put them in the top half of the league. I'm just not sure if they're yeah. tournament level at this point. I haven't made the decision yet. Uh, Western Michigan, as you mentioned as well, I think they're intriguing. I, I really like Frischweiler as nope, a coach. Garbage. I like that. I like I like the guys that they brought in, not only from the transfer portal, but uh, you know we mentioned Alex Bump, who they snagged from Vermont as a late recruit as well. Um, but yeah. he was going to be a golfer. Everyone told me he was going to be. It's written on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> no, apparently, uh, unless uh, unless they move the the campus from Kalamazoo, he is not a gopher. But uh, but well, I mean, thankfully for him, he joined the better conference, so that's is, that's good for him. This is true. But I don't really. I I think Roe is a is a big kind of question mark, more of a liability for them as well. So, and Omaha, yeah. Omaha is always Omaha. They they seem to have flashes of brilliance, uh, peppered in with flashes of failure. So they're similar to CC. Like I don't really trust them either. But one and, and athletics and Duluth too. Like I I can never write off Duluth. You're talking about where is the offense? Well, they didn't have. We were wondering where the offense was. When they, they were winning natties. So. <laughs> Uh, it's, so it's like yeah, their question marks totally bounce fair. off them like Teflon. I can't, I can't easily <laughs> as easily write them off as, as you did. Um, even though I'd love to see a seventh place finish from them. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, and so it would it, be, it would be hilarious. Oh, no, well, we're, we're, be here we're raising the bar. We're, we're setting the expectation too high because there's always eighth place, baby. That is actually rock <laughs> bottom. Uh, that's, that's them below Miami. Oh, be still my heart. Hold <laughs> the program uh, so. at that point. So, <laughs> so I, I still we we our official preview podcast when we make the the we're gonna predict the the standings. I still haven't sorted like teams three three through seven out. Like it's still like a big jumble yeah. for me. It's, and and one of those teams I think is gonna make the tournament. I don't think this is gonna be a four team league in the NCAA tournament this year. But just because I don't see. I see this this league at this point is more there's just a lot of third or fourth place teams in this conference. I don't see like a ton of true first place contenders. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think parity is a, is a good thing. And so um I think it'll be a fun year um because I think everyone's really got a everyone except Miami um has a, a fairly good chance to compete this year for an NCAA tournament spot. So should be a fun one, but I have not made my official prediction yet. You'll have to wait for our, that's, uh, preview that's what we call a tease that. in the biz. Yeah, is correct. I think, I think one thing that's kind of pushed me to North Dakota too, that I, I neglected to mention um, that team in terms of forward talent, they have nine NHL draft picks within uh, 12 forwards listed on their roster. Nine, 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 nine. nine. Nine times. Nine Which, times. you know, one thing, too, of note, three of those nine draft picks are Carolina Hurricanes picks with Jackson Blake, Jaden Perron, and Michael Emerson. Um, and all three of those guys played together on Chicago in the USHL, so that's just more parallels for that group of youngsters. But this North Dakota team, once again, is super talented in the forward group, so that's like another add-on, I guess, to my explanation of North Dakota being in that three spot. Did you say Blake? Blake was a Tyler Clevin spot. 
<laughs> they they've got two talented young defensemen, and uh, I believe it's pronounced YB, and then also the Minnesota Wild draft pick uh, Benoit. So maybe one of those two can slide in. I don't know. I, I, yeah, it, it's tough. You think he's a big NDP fan? Uh, oh, YB, okay. I think. I'm going to call I him YB. Brian, do you think do you think he's a big Arlene Peace fan? No, I don't. I don't. I'd be surprised if not only Nate Benoit didn't know who Our Lady Peace was, but didn't know about new metal as a genre in general. So I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't bet on it. Um, also, I think. I mean, North Dakota, their Tyler Clevin replacement-ish guy maybe could be Garrett Pike. I mean, he was the captain of Alaska last year, and he transferred to North Dakota. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure. What was Andrew? What Guess we'll was, never know. What was Weibel's first name? I don't remember. Who? Weibel. Let me see if I can try to. This, this, He's a, this reference is going way he was, over my uh, head. He, he played for the Gophers, like, early aughts. He was... Yeah. I, I'm out. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm out, too. This is when I was, like, okay. born. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. John. John Weibel. There we go. From Badette. Yeah. 2000 to 2004. Yep. Yeah, I was so. just born. I wasn't even born when he started playing college hockey. That, that's why I was going to call him Weibel, because he was a third, fourth liner on the Gophers from years ago. Anyway, <laughs> um, that reference was a dud. Good to know. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we need to hire you for like a college hockey hour of the trivia hey, this year. As long as you... Yeah. Name a brand as of a long as you players. pair it with the mashup hour, I'm happy because I love the mashup hour at the uh, <laughs> okay. at trivia weekend. Um, it, it is very God, highly yeah, acclaimed. So, so. so good. <laughs> we are uh, we are trying to get we're trying to get uh, the players to put together a, a trivia team since they're off that weekend no. this year. If 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 a men's oh, hockey man. team put a trivia team together, they compete for maybe thirty <laughs> minutes, and then <laughs> last year, last year we were tabling at Garvey Common or not Garvey. Where were we at? We were at that one. And Yami Kronola comes up and starts actually reading our pamphlet about trivia. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know, when is this? I- Kyler was with him too, and Kyler yeah. wasn't inspecting, but he said like, "Oh yeah, I've heard about that," and then just kind of stopped. <laughs> Like he, he was not engaging past that point, and I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, next prop bet. I've got it 13 and a half. Um, nets off the post, off the moorings, <laughs> at home for regular goaltending plays. Well, see, I had a, I had a similar um, prop bet, but... I did, too. Well, beat mine, mine was how many games... How many periods do we go in before? Uh, all right, we can do them all. I like it. What? Well, because, well, from your perspective, Weldy, I, I like, that's where I originally went was just the number of times. But I feel like that's going to be tough for us to quantify. Like, we might miss a few. I don't know. So my, my solution was how many times a, a delay of game penalty will be called because of pegs being... Uh, on once, and it'll be from three the ice. calls to. I had I, my my over under was two and a half, and I was gonna, I was going to go over total throughout the whole I, I will say, home schedule for both teams. I, I will say, uh, me and Brian had this conversation during last season. There was probably only like one or two times where I thought it was like clearly on purpose, and I don't remember what it was or who it was, but that's really the only time. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they're on purpose either, but sometimes it gets to a point where you just got to call it because everybody's booing just, and, and it might've been the Duluth don't ask, series. Stace call had huge problems. Don't ask Gino Parrish though, but, because uh, <laughs> Gino will say for sure it's always on purpose. <laughs> Hey, man, man, Gino's Gino's the greatest guy in the hey, world. Hey, I'm not doubting that exactly. at all. He just he just loves uh, calling out opposing goaltenders for uh, that stuff. He's a big St. Cloud State fan. So, but so and he's got the biggest NCHC jacket pin that I've ever seen in my life. So there's yeah, that I want too. one. We're getting we're getting matching necklaces. Oh yeah, that's yeah right. those, those heart necklaces that you put together. Nice. Yeah, you and Gino. Or you and me? Yeah, I will, I will say uh, both. We can get we can kind of, three-way. We can do a three-way necklace. Oh, no. Ew. Is no. it kind of going to be like uh, Flava Flav instead of the clock? It's an NCHC pin? I like it. I hope so. The next, the next time he wears that pin, just look at it. Because I've seen it in person. That thing is massive. All right. So... I don't think we would miss any for nets off. Just regular goaltending and all of a sudden the net... If you want to yeah, count, count. You want to you keep I'll, the tally? I'll, I'll count. It's going to be way over 13 and, and, and I, I'm saying I'll just take, regular goaltending. Like, if it's just bump, like, bump and it goes off and something like that. Not necessarily any time it gets dislodged, but just, you know, any, any yeah. stuff. Way, way over. I'll, I'll go double. double I'll go you double think. your... your wow. So what, 13 and a half? I'll, I'll say over what. 27. <laughs> If me and Brian, if me and Brian agree on this, I think we make it a bit on the broadcast and we and we talk about it whenever it happens. Just keep say, the okay, tally okay. going. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, we'll keep the tally. Do going. it like the uh, you know. There's been no OSHA violations since you know. You just gotta <laughs> yep. say, yeah. gotta reset the clock again. We, we have yes. gone 17 minutes of game time without well, a net I, so, coming off. That's right. We're due. We're due. So you guys have been in the rink like for practices. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about rink upgrades because they don't got no money there. So for, as far as I can tell, there's been no addressing of the rink-related issues, correct? They, they, they used a new post towards the end of last year that helped a little and that, bit. And Stayskull, he played those perfectly. <laughs> uh, it seemed like it was no problem in that Duluth playoff series. So, Brian. Yeah, um, as I mean... As someone who like looked at the looked at the practice, I mean, it it looks mostly the same. I think the pegs looked a little bit different today, but maybe that's just for practice. I don't know, like if you know, that's like a common. Oh, you thing. saw the pegs come um, off today. You were, I saw like one of them. Really? It was a, it was a different. Color. All right, well, usually, all right, do we start the do yellow. we start the tally no, already? It's got to be in a game. No, no. <laughs> and only home games. Okay, so Sorry. for context, it was. It was the new. It was the new uh, video coordinator and director of operations. I believe his last name is Hoffman. Lenny. Um, he was. It's Lenny. Yeah, he. <laughs> That's what his name is. Yeah, Lenny Lamp. Hoffman. Um, he um, he was just adjusting a net, so it wasn't like off or anything, but he was readjusting something. And I usually the pegs are yellow. That's what they were right? last they year. Gray. No, nope. last year they were I, yellow. I, I saw them. Note of it because it, we saw them so often. <laughs> I. I I what I saw today there were either blue or green. Really, so I don't know right. if that's a change in in peg or maybe I'm just going colorblind. You know, maybe I hit my twenties and I just don't recognize colors anymore. I don't, who knows? That happens um, when you get older. But <laughs> what I will say is, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but a, a good a good fair share of the issues is with the fat ice in general. Um, 
it's not just the posts, um, which that's a whole nother discussion that, you know, like, like Andrew said, I mean, there's not a lot of money pouring into the herb right now besides like the video board upgrades. So it's hard to say when that's going to stop because I, I have no idea. Do they? Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm going yeah. over. Next time, if you want yeah. to look up at the rafters, do they add any um, like sound dampening things up there? I know Insulation. Jason, Jason Br- Bryant. Talking to Jason Bryant last year, um, he said that there was plans for this offseason to add some sort of padding yeah. to the top of the arena. Yeah. I, I didn't see anything. What I noticed is that I'm pretty sure the lights are the same, which I know was a complaint last year, so I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think the lights are the same. So. All right. So I got a prop bet. Personally, I, I love our barn. It's got charm. It's got character. Oh. Andrew, uh-huh. what you got? This kind of goes with you know our postseason predictions, but it also dovetails with my favorite kind of emerging segment here, uh, NCHC men's fashions. Uh, so my, my, my prop bet here, total number of ties talking about the necktie under four head coaches wearing ties at the frozen face-off. You could say that this well, Brett will be wearing one that we bought. You could basically say that this comes down to is Western Michigan going to make the frozen faceoff? Because Fershweiler seems to yeah. have retired the tie. But I've also seen yep. Mayotte, I believe, from time to time go tieless as well. Most of the he league. Does that for Saturday games. What's that? He only does that for Saturday he games. He goes tieless on Saturdays? Yep. So, okay. It's like, it's like the opposite of business suits. <laughs> well, <Can't> casual so... <laughs> Saturdays? <laughs> Because I think most of the league yeah. is still sort of buttoned down. Brad Berry's not going tireless anytime soon. But but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under four for just head coaches. We're not talking about the rest of the staff. Just the head coaches under four neckties uh, worn by the frozen faceoff coaches. So write that one down. I I mean, all four of them are wearing it. So that's where I'm at. So I guess that would be a push. See, that's the other, well, even Fershweiler. Because you can make the case, hey, it's like frozen face-off. It's like you're, it's the Sunday best. Like we're going to church almost. Sure. Like, does he finally put the tie on if they it's make the frozen really face-off? Hard to make or the does he say why? When you're in seventh. Because <laughs> they're <laughs> garbage. <laughs> I am okay. not a fan. I mean, I'm not a fan of them that. this year. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get into really? that. But, yeah. Ow. We will so, get into that. But, no, so. I, don't th- I don't think he's making the frozen face-off. And... I don't think that. Well, save this audio. Save it. Clip uh, it. Bronco. Bronco. Every, Nation. Everybody, come back to it and get. Guess what? Broncos country. Yeah, let's ride. Let's ride. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll eat my words, which I probably, you know, have to anyway. Eat. Uh, I have enough for a feast on how much I'm wrong, but that's fine. So, but yeah, I would say well, all of them. Um, okay. I thought COVID might have killed the um, formality because it looked like for that COVID year, it was quarter zips were, were really emerging. I think that's the, but, that's just because, I mean, when you're in the bubble, you can't go out to get more ties and you can't wear the same tie twice. That's just ridiculous. Except if it's a gift yeah. from KVSC, obviously. So, 
Mm-hmm. If, yeah. it's, if it's got good mojo. So. I did not. I think I wrote it until the end. Um, trooper. Uh, next one. Mietnin combined points. 45 and a half. Over. What did Mietnin, what did v- VD have last year? 28, 29? No, he had 30. Did he have over 36? He's close to the century mark, I'm pretty sure. He didn't have 36. Yeah, he had 36. Did he? Yep, 12 goals, 24 assists. I think I think so, he gets 40 points this year. 80, 83 points total. That's where he's at. So, yeah, I'll go over 45. 45? Over 45 and a half? Yeah, so, I'll 46 or more? Yeah. For combined? Yeah, over... VD might make up all that ground by himself. He so um, make the over under like fifty and a half. I, I don't. I don't have any like direct quotes or anything. But from what I can tell, to people who have talked with him in the off season, he is. And obviously, actions speak louder than words. But what he's saying about himself in this season, he sounds very committed to not only not having a slow start like at points in his past few seasons, but just really turning in a big campaign. I think if he if he puts his mind to it, um he can have a monster season. How about this? I think my How ahead. about number number of times both Mietnins get a point on the same goal? 10? I mean that go that goes back on, no. you know, that it depends on how much they're playing, playing together, together yeah. I suppose. But so I think they're they are going to play think, together at, at certain points of the year. Ten might be a little. I think strong. that happens like. Yeah, I was going to say I I think that might only happen like five times or less. Honestly, I'm we not get sure. out of the St. Thomas series and it's already at four. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought Andrew <laughs> Andrew I thought you were going to say a number of times misses the net. Well, there's that too. Oh, brutal. Love the guy though. All right. Uh, next one I got, um, somewhat, a uh, little bit outside of our wheelhouse, but again, Andrew and I talked about it on our last podcast. Uh, Augustana wins seven and a half. I don't even know what their schedule is. Give me a second. Uh, over because they play like, in the what, CCHA. What there more will do be, you need? There, there, there will be. There will be a couple of gimmies, and I'm not. I'm not trying to act like the CCHA is the worst conference in college hockey because it isn't, but. They're when you, you know, no disrespect to some of the teams, but um, some of those like bottom kind of ladder teams in the CCHA, you can you can grab some points against. Brian, they might start off the season four and zero. Who do they play? They play Wisconsin and then Bowling Green. <laughs> That's four and zero, right? No, I, they I, will be oh, they will listen, be zero and four after that. Yeah, Wisconsin, I'm not. I'm I not a huge. I don't. Wisconsin's gonna be, I think, at least like. Mediocre I'm not a huge year. like. I'm not a huge like Bowling Green proponent, but they still have Austin Swankler, as far as I can tell, who was a pretty good points collector last year for Bowling Green in a team that was kind of a fringe playoff team up until the last three weeks. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think those are gimmies per se. They play Ferris F in State on January 26th and 27th. They'll win one of those games against Ferris. I mean, I thought we would win one um, of those games Ferris against win. Ferris, and we ended up not. Oh yeah, that that too. <laughs> we got Moscow out of that one. So I, I'd say under, but I think it'd be very funny if they yeah, sweep Wisconsin. 
Well, and so they're they are in the CCHA, but they're kind of not. Um, they're only playing a limited yeah. schedule this year. They're playing one series against all the other eight schools, so just sixteen conference games. So they're playing a fair amount of non-conference, and I'm just looking at their schedule here, heavily tilted towards road series. Twenty-one road games versus they play, some, they play some. thirteen home games, and. I was going to say, do they play Penn State? At Notre Dame? They don't. That's surprising. <laughs> oh, I, they got I would have thought Penn State would have been on that. I looked at Penn State's schedule. They're only... No, they only play East Coast bad teams. <laughs> they're only playing four Atlantic hockey teams this year, Penn State is, which ties them for the least amount of times they've played in Atlantic... they played Atlantic hockey teams in their D1 run. So they're they're lessening out the uh, the Atlantic hockey portion of their Sherman schedule. That's not to say that they're playing a good <laughs> non-conference schedule because it's Long well, Island, it's American International, it's Anchorage, it's Lindenwood, it's Army, and then they got welcome into Clarkson and St. Lawrence, which are by, that by far their toughest road uh, or non-conference series, which isn't saying much, but. Welcome into college hockey on the Big Ten Network, where Penn State will be playing in the battle between two mediocre squads. So what, um, you said uh, you said Long Island, right, Andrew? Yes, they're actually going to Long Island for a single game to start um, the season. Because that's quick. Quick shout out to um, I know he won't be listening, but my cousin. Uh, Cade Peterson, he committed to Long Island University recently, and nice. I believe he's got a pretty good scholarship there. So, congrats on uh, getting some free school. Good for him. Didn't we, uh, when we were in Omaha, didn't we watch a Long Island Alaska game on on ESPN Plus at my dad's yep, house? Yep, we watched it on your big TV in your dad's basement. Uh, yeah, we, we watched, watched it. We, like a sixty inch screen, and we and we put Alaska Anchorage and LIU on. That, that's how, how that's how much we love college hockey, how, Alex and I. I watched the guy get knocked out, too. It was, like, mm-hmm. out. It was like, the biggest hit I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so what was your Augustana over-under? Seven, seven and a half. And uh, get eight. I kind of also used it because I looked at kind of other seasons and bad teams. You know, well, like St. Thomas, their first year, didn't, didn't they win like three games their first year? And that was against a CCHA heavy schedule. Didn't they upset somebody like really big that year too, like towards the end of the year? They played Mankato tight in the playoff series, um, but they didn't yeah. win. And they should have beat Mankato one of those games. And just ask Blasey, there was a bad penalty call against St. Thomas in that, or a non-call there we go. Uh, it, it, uh, it set up the winning goal for Mankato. But yeah, I, I mean, two years ago, playoffs were a Dartmouth game. had five. Yeah, Lindenwood had. Seven. I mean, un, like six, seven, like seven wins and below. Miami got like eight or nine, right? I think they had eight, eight wins last year. So anything below seven is really, really bad. Um, you, you think about the playoffs that year. You know, St. Thomas gave Mankato a running for their money. You had Jackson Casker coming in for St. Cloud. And then you had, like, that one game where they went to review after, like, 40 minutes after the game ended and determined it wasn't a goal. Yeah, the Midgey State as well. Yeah. Good lord. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. It's, there's just there's too many road games. Us show, and... us show favorite Brown finished uh, with nine wins last year. Who was the Brown we, voter? I, I, I still I still it. really want to know who that Brown voter was. Wait, Brian. When we uh, get our job on that website, we should just be <laughs> Brown peddlers. No, I am not voting for Brown on student media poll. I, I don't want my integrity slashed immediately. Do it for the memes. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I don't know. They're making the Frozen Four this year. Brown versus St. Cloud State. Book it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be like that one Yale year where St. Cloud missed an opportunity to play Yale in a national title game. <laughs> I was at that Frozen Four. Ping. I, I'm sorry for you, Weldy. That probably was not very I fun mean, to experience. Yeah, well, we were down, what, 3 nothing, 10 minutes in? Something like that. Yeah. I, got a, I got a question to pose to both of you. What was, just, opposite ends of the spectrum, what was the like, most fun you had in a Huskies game, and what was the least amount of fun you had in a Huskies game? Just I'll take the second question between first. Between those two. There was a game against North Dakota. It was a Mike Lee game. Ugh. Uh, so they yeah, lost. Weird. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. It was, I think it was 8-1 to one the final. It might have been 8 nothing at the time that I left. I left, so I, I had season tickets from, so I went to every game except two home games from 07 to through 17. I think there was, there was two games I left early that I went to. Both of them were North Dakota games. That game in particular, which would have been, I think, 20... It was either 2010 or 2011. You can look it up on whatever game they lost 8-1 to one to North Dakota. Um, but I was sitting in 203, second row. That was my seat. So we were right by the uh, standing, like the, the aisleway where people would stand. And there was right. two just drunken North Dakota fans. Shocking, right? That North Dakota fans were Weird. drunken. But they were just yeah, rah, rah, and just like you know, you know, turning back to the St. Cloud section and taunting. And I'm just like, you know what? I've really had enough of this for one night. That was the worst uh, that I've been in the building. Uh, as far as the best, I think Weldy might have a similar story. But are we? I, are we talking specifically? I immediately at think, herb or just in general. In general, well, I'm still gonna think like those, like that Alaska Anchorage last second goal. Um, yep. Or Gravel's to a lesser extent, the Gravel one against Miami. But I remember the uh, it was Hanowski, right? Yeah. Tied it up with the point mm-hmm. point one, and the weight. Yeah. Uh, they would do <laughs> Whenever they would do reviews, they would have the like TV screen up by your press box up there, so people were like craning their neck to see if they can see the replay because you can't. They they weren't playing replays on the big screen, and so all we would kind of go by is like the press up there would sort of be like, oh yeah, you know, like they would kind of do a goal signal if they thought that it was looking good. So that's kind of how it was. It was like our section is like, I, I think, I think it's good. I think it's good. And then the place just erupted. Also, that was really fun. Uh, your game, ha- your game happened February thirteenth, two thousand and ten. Okay. Uh, senior forward Chris Vandevelde scored a goal and four assists. It's another one. Outing. He was like Waldron, where he only God, scored I his goals in college against St. Cloud. 
Look at his career numbers. Oh, I guarantee eighty percent of his, his points were against St. Cloud. Derek LaPointe had a goal from Eau Claire. Uh, Jake Marto. It was four nothing in the fourteen eleven the second period. Yeah, it was St. Cloud's worst loss since nineteen ninety six. It was a bloodbath, and that one, that one was not fun. And every time you had North Dakota fans, I I would assume it's similar because it's still North Dakota, but. Every time you go to the bathroom there, oh. you're just you're you're stepping around uh, airplane bottles of booze. Uh, it's you know, pu- how much puke you got to kind of tiptoe around in the bathrooms, and it's just uh, a frat house uh, when North Dakota comes to town, yeah. and not in uh, the fun kind of frat house way. Not it's a lot easier when you beat them pretty handily in your home. Life, or so. come back and beat them. Um. Yeah, if, if we're talking like at the herb, I mean, I I always go back to that go for five one victory, um, just oh like the, the yeah, last yeah. from the point. Goal. I, I mean, yeah. I talk about that ad nauseum, but God, I that whole game and that whole energy, it was it it, it was uh, quite the sight to see. Um, but also against um would we finally swept Wisconsin in Wisconsin and I've told this story on the podcast a couple times too um where Jared Raby scored the series clinching goal oh yeah and you yeah, talked to J- Zach talked about to Zach it too Fish yeah. and Dave Overland about it drunk on State Street <laughs> not not really knowing what I said but um well, it's really cool about that also is that uh Nick Dowd gave me a shout out on Twitter uh after that game and that was kind of one of the coolest. Well, it was kind of one of the coolest things that I've, you know, like in my Twitter career. Because it's not like I prompted him or anything like that. He like literally was like, you know, thanks to at at that time I was just going by Well the Beast, my main Twitter account at the time. Uh, you know, for making the trip, showing that we've got you know some of the best fans in college hockey. Hashtag overtaking the coal. So I thought that was. Alabama Huntsville's so, finest. I that one sticks out in my head. Um I there's a game that always sticks out that I hate that it was like St. Cloud against Denver and St. Cloud was up two nothing with about oh, seven. Rhett Rakshani scores a hat trick in like four minutes and we lose three to two. Last, yeah. That one always that one always irks me. I was like, oh, what ha- that that one was yeah, a killer. that one just kinda that w- that tide turned. Um, up at the Ralph, I've been to. Uh, I got we got swept up at the Ralph. That wasn't a fun time, obviously. Um, at Mariucci, um, see some wins and losses there, but I've always had a lot of fun, uh, kind of going there and resing those fans. Especially that was the time when, um, who was their snake oil salesman coach? Uh, for football, Ooh. like. Uh, you got to be more specific. Uh, Bruce Brewster, the guy before Fleck, yeah, Brewster. There Brewster? you go. Yeah, Brewster. And so I would, I mean, anytime that they would like chant at me anything, I was like, yeah, you got Brewster as a coach. Like, what do you, what do you even? Do? And they'll always like be really confused why it would change subjects. <laughs> I mean, like, doesn't matter. Isn't uh, isn't Brewster at Colorado right now? Isn't he like an offensive staffer with Coach Prime or whatever? Uh, I think he is. If that's the case, then I mean, those personalities fit. I will say that. 
at least yeah. Prime can back it up uh, so far from what we're seeing. So. The the worst game I've been to so far in, in my young career days was the Gopher Homecoming game two years ago, where uh, the no. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that one was no fun. I don't know, Brian, was you that, went to every game last year. You said that was two years ago? That was the yeah, permits? The, um, yeah, homecoming my freshman the year. The no call. Gotcha. Yeah, and, then, and then, what, what was Matsko's? Like, oh, um, that kid. That, that kid. kid dove. That kid. That kid dove. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, what are you recruiting? You, you recruited him, by the way. And, like, his brother was Allegedly, playing for him at that also. time, too. Jack. I got two extra, like, good good memories. If we're talking about road series or road games, oh, being at the 11-1 win in Kalamazoo uh, was... That was a surreal... We'll one of those this year, baby. I hope. I haven't won in Kalamazoo Damn. for forever. But that was, that was in the era where they couldn't lose to Western Michigan there. And that one was, like, the most surreal game I've been to because... I think it was seven or eight to one after two. So it was just garbage time for the majority of the game. And that third period, like I have never seen a team just quit like Western did that day. And just Benick, I believe had four goals in that game. It was just like practice. The third ball period. game. That one was just, that was just such a weird, like I wasn't even clapping for those 10th and 11th goals. I'm just like almost like embarrassed for Western Michigan, but it was a fun, fun, a fun weekend. That one. Uh, and then, uh, t- touching on, go ahead. Well, then I had one final one. Maybe this is more personal because I believe it was the last St. Cloud home game I went to before I moved. But maybe the and I I I watched the ending of the game with Weldy in the building. Do you remember this Weldy? The Alaska they played Fairbanks. Uh, it would have been in the seventeen eighteen season, and they won in overtime. And that was only notable because St. Cloud had never won a regular season. This is when overtime was how we liked it, where it was five-on-five, winner-take-all. I had never seen them win a regular season overtime game at home. They had not done that. They had had some overtime wins at home in playoffs. But in terms of regular season, they hadn't... Who was it? Was it Ryan? That's right. Ryan had the game tying goal late, didn't he? That's right, because they tied it up like in the last minute or two. Yep, Ryan tied it up at 18-11 from LaShawn and Acelot, and then Nick Paling from Jack Paling and Judd Peters. But I just remember telling Weldy, I have been going to games for so long, and I've never seen them win a a overtime game at home. And I I had done the research prior to this. They hadn't won a regular season home overtime game since 03 they played Princeton um so it had been that long until in the regular season not winning a a home uh, overtime game and so I was finally able to see one I believe the last home game that I went to when I was still living in Minnesota and so I remember and I was pretty hammered that game if you can remember Weldy but we had a fun time after they scored at the tying goal and then the winning goal and that was the start of something special that year because that was the first of the back-to-back number one overall seed years we we touched on that uh that gopher game with that with that jersey tug and I have I have permission from inside sources to uh 
say that there may or may not be a uh, a New Jersey coming up this next season. Mm. So that'll be on the Nice scoop. There we go. I like it. Is it going to have extra little fabric on the uh, on the side there? Yeah, it's going to have some wear and tear. Well, who's wearing twenty five this year? You were probably. It's having like a little handle stitched on there. So it's like it's like the uh, like the junior jerseys got like the stop sign on the top, like next to the nameplate. I I got one last one for the men prop bets, and that's obviously uh, our our man of the podcast, Mason Solquist, over under goals four and a half. I'm going over. God, I'm an what optimist. an optimist. Five five goal campaign from Mason Solquist, huh? I'll say three of them. Three of them are getting... empty headers. <laughs> well, that's fair. I think he's getting four or three, and that that's not trying to disparage Mason because the Huskies don't really look to him line. to score there goals. Go. <laughs> um, so I I will say that I don't I don't think I don't think Solly's getting five. I, he might push it and you know get five. You know instead of like five and a half or four and, what, a, half, it, four and a half. You said okay. So then yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll get four or three. Um, I, I think he'll have a. I think he'll have a solid batch of assists though this year. I, can I see think. That. I think that's where he'll where he'll up the ante. I, I I think he'll hit the over, and I'm going to go even further on this. I think Mason Salkos is scoring the first goal of the season. <laughs> that would be I awesome. Hope that's true. He's going to send the Herbrooks National Hockey Center and the broadcast booth into God, an no absolute kidding. frenzy. Well, he's taking the opening faceoff. No. Yeah. So, you want to yeah, one up it and say for shift? Yeah, there you go. For shift of the year. St. Thomas will just be confused why Salquist is taking the draw. He'll just grab the puck, go, go down, and just put it five hole. There you go. I like it. No, Awaiting your call. Shift. Why not? Team of Destiny. Team of Destiny. He'll score in the first shift. Why not? Is that first game at home or is that is it at St. Thomas? It's at home. Yep. Saturday the seventh at home, and then Sunday the eighth at. I actually really like that prediction. I um, and I will. And I, if it happens, I'm just going to take off my headset. And I'm just that's walk. your walk off right I'm, there. I'm, if that happens, I'm booking my tickets to the Frozen the Four. Mic. I'm just I'm calling up XL right there. Just Real. Like, it took you that long? You should be doing it right now. Um. um uh, switching over quickly uh, to, to the women's side. Um. Preseason poll came out, yes. and they are pegged to finish fifth. Um, I want to know who on this podcast thinks they're going to finish in the top half of the WCHA. Who? I do. Who are they finishing over that is well, in the prohibitive I'll, top half so, of the league? But, so who are they knocking off? Ohio State? Wisconsin, Minnesota, Correct. or Duluth? Which of those teams? Duluth. It'd be Duluth. They're knocking off Duluth. God, Dan Jacobson. We're just rolling I'm, I'm Dan really optimistic through this whole podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. This women's team is very good. Yeah. I'm really optimi- they got optimistic after about last year. this team, but man, that's a tough league to crack into that top half. It's almost like with women's hockey, I feel like it's like barbecue, like cooking barbecue, where you get up to like 150 in like the first hour of cooking. 
But then to go from 150 to 180, it takes you like seven hours to get to that. I feel like that's what St. Cloud is like. We burned off the first, you know, 100 degrees last year by moving up to fifth. But the, the, the climb past that is a slow process, and you've got you've to really step your game up in order to knock off Duluth, to any of those four teams that yeah. I mentioned. I would love to be that optimistic, and I'd love to see it. If that, if that happens, they're probably making the tournament. But it's just, you look at like the shot, like the shot advantages for in, in playing games against those teams last year, I still think they got a, a bit of ways to go to get to the level of parity that those four teams are at. I'd love, I'd love to see it, and I love your optimism, though. But I'm not going to go that far. Yeah, my my gut's telling me five. I want it to be four, um, and it kind of depends on Duluth, like the men's team, in my opinion. Uh, the women's team, in a much more uh, concrete sense, lost more scoring talent. I think I'm pretty sure plenty of their top six. From my, I could be wrong, but from what I heard from Max Steigoff, who covers women's hockey for us on KVSC, he said that their top six got very like a lot of graduates uh, from that. So there's going to be some new faces for Duluth in that top six. That's like the only thing I could see holding Duluth back. And it could happen because it's hard to adjust. But um, like Andrew said, that climb up, especially the WCHA is difficult. I think that this year, the race to four will be closer than it was last year between Duluth and St. Cloud, which it already was close last year. I think it'll be even closer this year, but I, my gut's telling me five, my heart's telling me four. I'm not ready to take that step up and definitively say four yet. I have to kind of wait and see. Here's, I think fourth is definitely manageable, and I think they'll get there. I think if they get fifth, though, they win a playoff series on the road. That's possible. And the fact that we're even talking about you know team being in half of this conference after the one-year change that we've had for Idolski is insane That's to true. think about anyway because that, that dude came in and immediately put this place on the map. Immediately. So thank you, North Dakota, for folding your women's <laughs> hockey program. We really appreciate it. Finally. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's turned it around quicker than what he did in North Dakota because I believe when he took over that program, which was similarly bottom of the league prior to his hiring in, what, 06, I'm going to say? He still had, I think, two years of single-digit win seasons before they ended up being, they made the tournament at least once or twice before they folded up shop, unfortunately. So he's even, like, above the timeline that he yeah. was taking over North Dakota. So, yeah, I, there's, there's no reason to believe that the future is the brightest it's ever been for the, for the women's team. And I'm really excited to see how it shakes out this year. And yeah, I'd love to see it. They are, if they do uh, uh, get into that upper echelon of the league, because yeah, that would be really exciting. I'm, 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 I'm optimistic about it. So I'm going for, um, and that's where, I mean, I think Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio state, obviously those are some of like, it's going to take a lot to bump those, those, those teams off. So, but um, I, I I do feel like um you know Adelski's got the program going in the right direction. I've got some really strong uh players coming in. Um, and I, I think he's got a lot of people just really a, a lot of players buying into that system. 
and I think that it's going to be a a great great season for them. And I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking yeah they're going to make the uh, the final phase as well. So I think they win the playoff series. I have a I have a prop bet just for Brian specifically though. You you two can feel to chime in if you want. Uh, Forty and a half under over under Diet Coke drank in the booth this year. Oh, over. You said 40 and a half? Yeah, 40 and a half. That, to quote Wolf of Wall Street, that's rookie <laughs> numbers in this business. Um, you got to get those numbers up. It, like, I, like I, I'd say like 50 and a half is probably a better, better is position. Is that just for you or for me? For both of us in general. I mean, the fact, you know, thank goodness those Diet Cokes in the media fridge are free. Cause They're probably I would, not I would going to, to be now. Out of my to cover <laughs> now it's the... No, no, no one, no one tell Andrew that it's me and Alex drinking all of them. It's, it's Jim, it's, it's Jim and, uh, it's Jim and his crew. <laughs> that's the, you know how that's many, you know how many times I've gotten sad? Cause I, I like to get to the rink earlier than Brian does. And usually the media fridge is locked until like two and a half hours before puck drop. And I like to get there like three, three and a half hours before puck drop just so I can like, like just sit down and just like relax for a little bit. When the media fridge is locked, I just sit there, just sat, and I just drink my tea that I have in my thermos, and it's just, you know, it's not a good time. I couldn't, I couldn't function. <laughs> you going through withdrawals in middle game. <laughs> See, I always, I always forget every every off season. I forget if it's a Burnix or a Viking. If if we're, <laughs> you know, if it's if it's Coke or if it's Pepsi, there. So I. And the Viking Coca Cola. Proud sponsor of of trivia on KBSC and Husky Hockey. Yep. Good, good. Good there. We got a we scooped up a sponsor whoa, whoa, too. I'm not saying that. We're always looking for sponsorship mm-hmm. opportunities yes. for this podcast. So after I just said suck it, Burnix, I'm sure they'll be calling. <laughs> so <laughs> Husky Hockey Pound. All right, I got I got one last one here, uh, a fun one, and um, I'm gonna go with uh, freshman points. Who's going to score the most freshman points out of these two? Barrett Hall or Grace DeMonaco? Mm. Barrett Hall. And Barrett Hall. a little uh, background on Grace. Uh, played a gentry last year. She's the gentry, right? 34 yeah. goals, 34 assists, 68 points in 28 games. This isn't a knock on her at all. It's just the Huskies' like forward lines are pretty stacked this year. I know we've kind of talked Especially around with it with like the twenty point range. Like, what what are we thinking for Barrett Hall? Are we thinking he's going to be cracking twenty points? Because that gives me an opportunity. Like, he has the best shot. Eighteen God. to twenty. I might take Delmonico. I don't know. It's it's tough to. I'm going Delmonico. It's tough to predict like how much like yeah how much like ice time they're going to get how much like power play time they're well, going to get. Delmonico might have more of an opportunity to play special teams, which. I might like that, but the goalies in this league. But then again, you got like the Bemidji's and the St. Thomas's too that you can rack up points against. Yeah, I, I'm going to say Delmonico, but I, I that's I not to the St. Cloud Bemidji Beavers at this point. That's not um, a knock against Hall. It's just I think she might have some more opportunities to to step in and and once and, they start I mean, the year against that's... the uh, Garnett Chargers. You know, uh, they're not any good. They I think they won like one or two games last year. So. Hopefully that weekend will be yeah. lots and lots of goals. And and that's always been 
you know, for the longest time, St. Cloud's Achilles heel. I mean, obviously, it's you don't score enough goals, but like even generating any type of offense. So I think, I think Grace is going to be kind of a key figure when it comes to that. So that's why I'm going to pick her. I'm with you. I, I've got Brian. Do you have any prop bets to present before I bring my two? No, I mean pretty much anything that I could come up with uh, has been said before. So if if anybody is, I'm just. I'm waiting for the social media questions if we're doing those because I, I thought there were some really good ones. But it, that's if okay, we're doing. We are on like the pace right. for the I've got two. podcast. But yes, please go ahead. Oh yeah. If you guys are okay I've with sticking two. around okay. for another hour, because <laughs> that's I, I about where we're headed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I got class at eleven, so I, I think I should um, be wait, okay. I just want to put a bow on the uh, the women's talk here for a second. I guess I don't know if your prop bets involved the women's, but um, uh, I just want to say also. Remember, September 23rd um, is that Union Series. So it's... Yeah, Brian will be on the call. Uh, it's coming up. Is it a Saturday-Sunday Saturday, series? And yes. also yep. my... Do we, have game, do we have game times for those? I'm three. sorry. Uh, three, I think it's... I have the sports schedule on my phone. Just, I keep talking. Um, <laughs> Us Show has three and one. That's true. Three o'clock, three o'clock on the twenty third, and one o'clock on the twenty fourth. Um, both of those games will be on ninety seven five right now. I wonder. Beat the Garnet yeah, Chargers. I, I think maybe I'll bring Claire to the, one of those games. Maybe both of them. I don't know. Um, my wife uh, also time. made an astute point. Um, that she just she doesn't like how Garnet Chargers flow. Like it does it, it. It's like this. That's what well, my yeah, argument it's was. That syncopated. It's, it's a mouthful. Like, it, it stop and start. Like Brimson Chargers. Maybe. Like like Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Yeah, that rules off the so. top. All right, Alex. What do you got? Prop bets. Rutgers basketball. All right. So first off, over under percentage on the penalty kill. I'm going over under seventy six and a half. Over. That's the first one. What was it? Over seventy six and a half. O- over or under seventy six and a half on the power play or the penalty kill. Excuse me. And I said, God, I hope over, but. <laughs> and see the the yeah, thing too is seventy eight. It's not necessarily that the penalty kill is bad or was bad last year, although it was. The other factor you have to keep in mind is that these programs, the NCHC, have great power plays. So, like, North yeah. Dakota was number one, I believe, all in the country last year. They had, like, a 30% power play. Wasn't um, Omaha up there, too? I remember we had, like, yeah, Omaha was up there. We we went yes. through that where it's, like, yeah, five or yeah, six, uh, you know, NCHC teams had terrible penalty kills. But, conversely, like, five or six had, like, the top, you know, we're in the top ten for power play. So, in well, some ways, they're, they're... And one team... Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, one team that stood out was Duluth. They were dreadful five-on-five for most of the season, but their power play was the one thing that was keeping them up. Uh, That was, like, top 20 in the country for most of the season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so I'll I'll say... When they went, like, five for six against us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll say over 76. And again, more hopeful than confident, but I think they can improve on last year's... PK numbers. Yeah. I'll say over, but it's like 77-78. Um, and that's if the defensive core is fully healthy. 
um, that's another part of it. Andre Larson has been like a kind of a defensive first team. We can all agree, right? Like pretty much like say that they've kind of been a defensive uh, first team the last couple of years. I think he'd like to think <laughs> that because he's kind of a defensive coach and he was a defenseman as a player and and all that. But this just leads into the the problem. Um, my my guess was yeah. I was, I was just gonna say I would say like from a structure standpoint, yeah. Like Bob was a little more. Helter skelter sometimes. Yes, he's in comparison yeah. to Motsko, much more of a defensive coach. But yeah, you look at that eighteen nineteen team, but, that was a fire wagon offense type of team. So Alright, so so my last the last prop bet is over under how many shots does St. Cloud State average a game? I am going I am going over under twenty seven and a half. A That's a really good over under. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under by a smidge. Twenty, like I don't know why, like twenty five, twenty six is kind of sticking out to me. Uh I mean, I remember when this team was kind of at full caliber, that that shot total was closer to 28, 29-ish. So I'm going to go over, but like not by much, like really close. Um, but uh, my gut's telling me over by like, you know, 28-ish, you know, 28.3456, whatever that ends up being, but something around that. We ended with about 28 last year. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. checking at here. 28.1 was the average last year. Yeah, and I'll go over, but I don't think it's going to be terribly. It's going to be right around that 2029, I think. You know, if they were like Penn State and played a bunch of uh, Atlantic hockey teams <laughs> in non-conference, then I'd be more confident. But and you got, you know, you got a St. Thomas, you got a Bemidji in there. But Michigan, Michigan, maybe they want to play like a wide open game. Um, but I think the league, the conference is just. I, I'm not as, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to have 30 shots a game, but I'll say 28 or 29. So I'll, I'll go slightly over. Here's That's a good, I, it's a good over under, though. What I think is like, you think if you take away like a series away from like a, this season, like you take two games away, this team probably averages over 30 shots a game. I just know that there's going to be a game in Kalamazoo and a game in Denver where St. Cloud gets like 16 shots. And it's going to take it down a little bit. And, it's just, and I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to be like, yep, I knew this was going to happen because that's just what happens. Like Western Michigan last year when they came to the herd, there was a game where we had like 14 shots on goal. Yeah, it was not a lot. was the one we lost. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, Weldy's going to be really angry after that, seeing as Western Michigan's a seventh-place team this year. So when that Garbage. happens... He will uh, <laughs> tune in for Weldy's rant. Yeah, watch. They end up winning. Have any, uh, <laughs> real quick, Second do you guys place have any questions year. for any of the head? You guys have any questions for any of the head coaches before we head into media day, or for like Brad? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Ask ask Fershweiler where yeah, all his ties ask, went. Ask Bradbury. Hey, um, do you feel like you have a little chip on your shoulder considering that you won with Haxtell's guys and you haven't done shit since? 
Oh, ask ask him that. No comment on that. I, I actually wouldn't be allowed to talk to him about that. <laughs> Probably not. <sighs> ask Bergeron, like, how much longer can you do this? Like, oh. <laughs> how much can you? I'm how much longer boys, can you put boys, up with I am this? Done. <laughs> well, what you thought you were going to get constructive how questions much from can us? You take this. I don't, I don't even think he's, he's a bad coach either. I just, I just think when he, uh, when they came to St. Cloud two years ago, and like we beat them like ten to one, like whenever they were here. Like, he had his post-game presser was, like, the radio broadcaster, and apparently he was just laying into, like, what the players did wrong the entire time. Like, I, I feel bad for the guy, because the guy's not doing, like, he's not exactly being given up over there in Oxford. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that's true. I don't know. Brian, what are your opinions on Miami? I guess, I think, I think that Bergeron's in an interesting spot, because... I don't want to blame him for what's going on because I think part of it is kind of a post Rico Blase, you know, world where it's really tough to get recruits to come back to Miami. But the other side of that coin is, you know, it's still Bergeron's recruiting classes. He's still the coach. Um, you know, this isn't like a professional league where there's a GM and a coach and there's some difference. Like it, there's a lot of similarities in what the recruiting staff does and the coach because either it's a coach doing it himself or his top assistants doing it. Um, so I think, I think it goes a little bit of both ways. I think Bergeron is in a tough spot, but, um, some of these recruits that are coming into Miami, which I know it's a slow build, you know, to rebuild a program like that, but man, it's, it's tough to, to see some of, you know, the NCHC, which pulls in some pretty good classes, like especially teams like North Dakota, uh, and Denver pulling some real big talent. And then you look at the other side of that coin and Miami's just struggling to bring kids in. And that just wasn't the case like a decade yeah. and a half ago, or maybe even a decade ago. It's just weird to see the change. Well, and he's not, he's yeah. not keeping his recruits there. We saw this year with what, eight guys that bail mm-hmm. in the transfer portal Pearson. I mean, and some of their best players too. And so, yeah. And for, for any excuse that Miami has about being sort of isolated in an island, tough to recruit in this conference, being so far out, I look at Western Michigan. Like, they have a worse facility than Miami does. Um, and maybe you could say Michigan's a better recruiting spot than Ohio is, but, you know, they're neighboring states. And Western Michigan has been yeah. able to be a relevant program, at least, in the recent years, whereas Miami has failed to keep up, so... I don't know why we're why we turned this into another segment of Miami sucks, but uh, you asked us for questions, do. so. Well, and to bring up another point, like I don't know if this was 2012 or not, but I'm pretty sure Blake Coleman, who's had a long NHL career, was right. at Miami. Oh, yeah. uh, so it's not like they can't bring those guys in. He was it's a pest. Just... Didn't... Cloud, yeah, oh, you know, I've heard he, that. 50, that <laughs> Didn't he win like the tournament? Yep, 2015 yeah, when they won like the tournament the faceoff, he manhandled the Huskies. Uh, yeah, he like won the tournament MVP. Didn't he get like a game misconduct in like one of the games and had to get he like, may have the other one? He may have. He was a very physical player. I remember that being on like one of the media guy things. Who was because we there was like a we went up to the frozen faceoff they had. Who was on that line? Coleman, Barber. Oh, they had Barber, Zarnik. Zarnik, yeah. uh, Barber. I think I think Zarnik had some NHL time, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. And then they had uh, 
Well, they had Belpedio at the point. He was a wild draft pick. I, I don't yeah. know if he flamed out. Did he ever do anything with the wild? Or is he? He's probably I think a, he's a dollar store somewhere. Version. This is kind of yeah. what happened there. I think he actually is a coach in the USHL right now. Really? In all honesty. He was somewhat of a hyped prospect at, in, in, his, in his day, but I don't really know. You, you can kind him. of tell how he played, though. It's like, this guy's going to be really good in college. After that. Yeah. Sometimes it don't work. And I've heard it. So I had one final prop bet. You know, have a career in the NHL. So one final prop bet for me. Uh, this is more kind of a nationwide uh, is on your side. Issue. Uh, another possible uh, sponsorship opportunity. Sponsorship. Thank you. <laughs> Times that Weldy plays the Wisconsin Rule Sounder <laughs> this year, which. Oh. Um, I don't know if you have that Isn't readily it? available. The only the reason that we would play this sound effect is if we have yeah, here we go. So the only reason that we would play that is if there is like a big ten situation from last year where yeah. there's a possibility of a league doing so well that they have a team that could make the field as an at-large with a sub-500 record, which is rare. We the Wisconsin to Colorado College last year. You can, you can get in as an under-500 team if you win your conference tournament, but as an at-large, right. you're not eligible. I mean, Wisconsin did that in 2008, and then they put this rule into place. Yeah. It's never been applied, although we've had some close calls the last two years with Duluth two years ago. And then with Notre Dame, it was mostly Notre Dame slash Michigan State a little bit last year. So I have the, and not counting the one that he just played for reference, uh, the the Wisconsin rule, I have that at under two because I feel like he's going to want to play it just so he hears the moo, (laughs) even though it might not even be. It's actually the Go uh, Packers relevant. I love the most about the sound effect. (laughs) The best. So I guess my main question is, is there going to be a super conference this year, either the NCHC or the Big Ten or Hockey East or, hey, Atlantic Hockey? Is there going to be any conference this year that's going to threaten, they're going to be so good that we're going to have to play the Wisconsin rule? I would love the Wisconsin rule to apply to, like, Canisius or something like that. (laughs) Golden Eagles, baby. Right. The, when we uh, when we were at the national tournament, we we sat like because we called the St. Cloud State Mankato game before, and then Canisius played the Gophers, and me, Brian, and Zach sat like where all the Husky fans were that were vehemently against the Gophers. And when Canisius had that lead for like a good fifteen minutes, we were the most insufferable people. Oh, it was, as it should have been. been. Yep. I'm gonna go under because I just I don't I don't know about the Big Ten. Like I think Notre Dame's gonna bounce back this year. I, I'm just, I'm not sure about like even Wisconsin, I think is not going to be like good. So <laughs> I think they're going to be and East coast way better than what they have been. That's not saying like they're going to win 20 games, but yeah, I think the big 10 is going to be good. I don't I, think they're going to be as good as they were last year though. No. And I, I don't, I'm not a huge believer in East coast hockey besides like BU, maybe BC has a bounce back year. UConn is going to be pretty good unless they have more pairwise controversy like they did last year. 
Um, but they're not playing Stonehill, so they should be okay, um, as far as I remember. So um, I would say probably under, but man, if there's a storyline like down the stretch here, like if there was one conference to do it, like, you know, maybe the CCHA has a weird rebirth year. I don't know. Maybe Luke Strand really turns things up a, up a notch at Mankato and somehow um, Bowling Green is sitting at like 17 and 18 and we're like, oh, they're sitting at 19th in the pairwise or something like that. I don't know. But I and those I don't, And I don't those two losses against Augustana that you guys <laughs> put on their schedule right away, that's going to really hurt that. them. I, I, I will distance myself. That's all Alex. I, won't. I will it's distance happening. myself from that prediction. That's not I will happening. distance myself. It's happening. I love it. It's happening. I, I'm going to take the over because I think Weldy will play it just to hear it once. Yeah, that, that, that's the wild card. He might not play it up in an appropriate yeah. time. I pick the over because it. I control the soundboard. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I think it's easy, easy money for you. I think there will be like four weeks into the season where like a team that we know is probably pretty good is just getting like fluky like or something, and like they're like oh it's six and brown. <laughs> It'll be brown. Like yeah, like brown or somebody. Yeah, they'll play it there, and then they'll play it again like towards the end of the year just to say, do we have anybody? No. So I'm, I'm taking the over there. That would be the update. Is there an update? No, no. Nothing, unfortunately. All right. Uh, lastly, because um, obviously this podcast is not quite long enough. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, we got some questions. We actually got like really good questions. This time. Leave it to you guys coming on the podcast to us actually getting good questions. No, no, no offense to Dan Jacobson, who gives us a question every time. His questions are great. Um, let's see. Uh, do we bring up the uh, we've had we've had story, three yeah. Brodzinski's play at SSU. Uh, what are the odds that none of them are even related? <laughs> I don't know. Chances are higher I, than maybe expected. I made one mistake. <laughs> I, I listen. In my defense, like anybody that like didn't grow up like watching St. Cloud State hockey, you would see them. You're like, oh yeah, they went to the same school. They have the same last name. It, they play the same sport. You would think that they were brothers, right? Or at least related in some. Yeah, in, some in case in case they're the only are two we pivoted towards actually the Lazats and not still talking about the Brodzinskis, who are in fact all related. We think <laughs> we think yeah. we'll need a DNA sample. But I be- I believe the the two Lazats, John and Blake, are the only two Lazats that are in elect- uh, elite prospects. Their database are so the only two Lazats that we know of to have ever played hockey at any level. Uh, above like that's youth why, hockey. That's why I didn't like. And not only that, but so they're not related. They played at the same. They're not from the same state, even. But they played at the same college. They both made the NHL. The amount of random circumstance to have that happen and have them not be related yeah. is pretty remarkable. That's why I like didn't bat an eye when I put the tweet out the first time. I was like, oh yeah, there's two of them on Elite Prospects. Why wouldn't they right. be brothers? They like they both went to the same school. Everything. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I probably should have looked deeper. Yeah, probably should have. But Alex, all you had to do was just scroll down a little bit, and you wouldn't have seen the Brothers tab. You wouldn't have seen oh. it. it would have been, oh, you know how to properly navigate Elite Prospect. Which is kind of No, tough. if you were a good broadcast partner, you would help me. Hey, 
There's no saving you at that point. You're you're too you're, victimized uh, by the bit. You know, you're talking about uh, getting some games under your belt and learning, and that's just another that's another learning. Yep. Yeah. If we want again, we you know if I ever get like pick job, up like... some of Brian's old tapes and 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 see. It's true. We can always, uh, if I get a job in the NHL and I call a side game, I'm just going to bring it, up. and I'm going and I'm going to mention Go Huskies <laughs> move on air. And you know what? It would be his claim uh, to Dan Jacobson did ask, though, uh, with a great question. Thank you, Dan. After we said that both of both of your Bulldog Thanks, teams are going down this season. Uh, do you think St. Cloud will head to Augustana for a game sometime soon? Um, Brian, you chimed in saying that you could answer this one. So take it away. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't remember if this is recorded in Alex and I's interview with Brett Larson or not. It probably is. Uh, but Brett claimed when we interviewed him a couple months ago for a KVSC interview uh, that he is actively trying to get Augustana on the schedule. Um, now, that's probably because like Alaska Fairbanks isn't necessarily a rotation team for St. Cloud State. That, that doesn't really happen every year. It happens every few years or so. Um, and the fact that Minnesota, uh, I guess we'll say, let us go on, on the schedule uh, moving we've, forward. Um, that opens up a spot for a team like Augustana. And, um, you know, well, and, you know, you really got to play the Robert Morris <laughs> Patriots in January. You know, this stuff is important. Um, Colonials. So get it right. Oh, yeah, that, it is Colonials. You, oh, I made you, that mistake You would know that if you were Penn State yeah. and played them all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're their in really you're Penn State's in-state rival in non-conference. The, the creation, the creation of the Big Ten was so worth it to have Penn State, who, in my opinion, is one of the worst athletic departments in the history of college sports, have a team break up the greatest college hockey conference of all time, and to have no national hardware to really show for it after a decade. It's really worth it. Um, so it's it's just nice that we have that um, in our in our college I'm hockey landscape. I'm just too bad anyway. you're not going to Big Ten Media yeah. Day, so you can fire some no. of these bullets at uh, Godowski's oh, way. Because I I would be I would be uh, escorted out pretty quickly. I think. What what would be one yeah, question I mean, you would yeah. ask Motsko on Big Ten Media Day? I would I would honestly just ask what happened with Air Force because. He dodged every question. He dodged interviews after Air Force. He didn't yeah. do a public appearance after Air Force. He told Raboyne to go on them all, and then he took the Gopher Cup. So, like, honestly, like, yeah. just, just... Well, it's a new challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, as far as uh, Augustana goes, I, I was pretty surprised that they weren't already on the schedule. Like, with Raboyne there, I would have figured, hey, maybe we'll be the first opponent when they open up their new building. That honor goes to Omaha. So they're playing their first, mm-hmm. what, four to six home games at the, what, Sanford Center in Sioux Falls? Yeah, the Denny Sanford Premier Center in Sioux Falls. Home of those Which is feed. the site of uh, said Air Force disaster um, from from Bob yeah, Motzko's greatest hits tape. This year, too. Regional site this year, regional but then they're playing. Year. They're opening their new on-campus facility. I think it's called Midco Arena uh, in December, yep. I yep. believe, and it's just a one-off. Or it's a home and home with Omaha. And they're playing the 
the home game obviously opening up their new facility. I would have thought like with Raboyne there and it's so and close. Just... And Larson likes to have a short trip. Like make that be a St. Cloud game. But as you said, these schedules are made years in advance, and it's probably that you just he didn't have any spots this year because uh, Augustana mm-hmm. just announced their D one move up last summer i think so i'm wondering like when they put yep. michigan on the schedule so. i think that was a late ad but it's probably just the, mm-hmm. the logistics didn't work out this year but i would certainly expect them because from what we can tell from a budget standpoint they're not really in a in a situation where they can really fly for non-conference so having another bus trip available to them and obviously with the with the Raboyne connection mm-hmm. i would i would assume this is going to be if not next year yeah. the year after who, who, who? Yeah, Brett was enthusiastic about putting them on the Who schedule. Who do you guys, like, Like honestly, you got Augustana and Omaha. Augustana's first game at home, new arena. Omaha's propensity to always shit the bed against non-conference opponents. Like, this is a win for Augustana. <laughs> and I like Omaha. You, you want to put that down oh, yeah. right now? I'll put that down. Three, three yes, months in advance. Done. Yes, I will... This is a this Augustana is a over Omaha. More clappers guarantee Augustana's. We're not doing che- cheesy overtime wins here or shootout wins either. We're, we're talking full pairwise straight regulation win. win. Straight regulation win. Yes, I'm calling it right now. Okay, I'm uh, writing that. I, I do. I do want to touch on. I do want to touch on. I think it's great that uh, Augustana had an arena be built right when they joined the Division One ranks. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it's going to be a St. Thomas rag, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't see anything in that building. Hey, I called I called multiple JV hockey games in that rink. I That is sentimental value for me. You still couldn't see but anything, but there's it. sentimental value there. No, I. you know what? For, for St. Thomas JV hockey, I had an actual spot Ooh. in the booth. <laughs> so that, that, that helped. <laughs> I can't believe I have to do this again. Uh, and then um, uh, Craig Hendricks did ask, uh, "How many years in advance do they have the non-conference schedule done?" Um, I don't know. Um, uh, but if I were to guess, you know, a lot of that stuff is done in two-year increments of, you know, scratch my back, scratch yours is how college hockey tends to work. Um, if you're not Penn State. So it's. Well, they do it. You scratch our back. You come to our building for two. We'll go to yours. If, if we, we do go to yours, we're just going to go to um, one. That's what they did with this Long Island. Like, we'll just we'll go there for yeah. one single game. You can come to us for two. So but... kind of like Michigan, yeah. where it's here this year and then there next year. Um, but like when we had the agreement with Northeastern and, uh, Boston college, that was kind of, that was like a four year type of, um, I guess agreement, yes. even though one year we weren't playing them where, you know, well, it, it ended up, it ended up not the last mattering. year yeah. was, it was COVID, COVID killed it. Now. So they were supposed to go out in right. October of 2020, but that never happened. So yeah, sometimes it's it's usually with a two year deal, like reciprocal home series for each. Sometimes they're spread out over four years. I know like Minnesota and North Dakota have been putting together like four year deals. Well, those like home away, home away for four years. There's no set in stone uh, method on how coaches 
fill out their non-conference, but typically it is set. You know, so we know that they're going back to to Michigan. They're going to Michigan next year. Um, we know that they're not going. The the Gophers that was two years. They're not going to be on their schedule. God, Matsko's probably got two years of his non-conference lined up. So, as far as like the Bemidji and St. Thomas, like the Wisconsin one, that was a two-year deal. That's done now. We would have to get them back on the schedule, which I wouldn't doubt. Now that Hastings yeah. is there, it's easier probably to get them on the schedule, but. So I don't know as far as next year's schedule how much is all set. Like the Alaska one, I don't know if that that could just be a one-off. Sometimes, sometimes uh, there are, there aren't reciprocal agreements. So as far as I'm, the Alaska, I'm fairly one, sure. Yeah, I'm fairly sure that's just this year, and then sometime down the line we go there. Fairly sure. I don't know the, if, if Brian is. I don't know what he thinks, but I'm pretty sure. Larson talked about it like it was just a one-off. Yeah, I mean, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how it all works, but I think it's like a just kind of sometimes you have some contacts with other teams that you know you can depend on for maybe a series, but I'm not sure. Right. And yeah, if you go, I, if you the, go up to the, the correct answer is I don't know. If you go up to Alaska, you you get the exemption, so you get two free games. Those games don't count against the 34 game max, so that's the one big advantage of going to Alaska mm-hmm. is that you can expand your schedule. Um, to sort of offset those travel costs. So, God, I, I hope it's not because I don't want Husky hockey on KBSC at ten o'clock at night. Those are always fun. The Anchorage, I always love those uh-uh. Anchorage games when they play up there late at night. Our they would have like a free uh, feed way back. Oh in the man! Day too. So those are like, those were rare games to actually watch. If you if you oh, were, yeah. if you if you're on YouTube, was that Bobbin, the um... Bobbin Bobbin? Yep. Yeah. Excalibur the, uh, Sports. sports. Yep. Sports shop. Yep. yep. Excalibur Sports Good and stuff. YouTube. Um, I'll I'll tweet out a link. Um, I, <laughs> I think uh, uh, Nate would really appreciate that. Uh, Gopher State would really like that because I usually uh, <laughs> do the bop. <laughs> Great commercials there in the uh, Alaska Anchorage hours. Uh, last question, because good lord, mm-hmm. this podcast is going on a while. So, all right. thank you again, Alice and Brian, for coming on. I hope you. Don't, no problem. Uh, 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 Anytime. We hope to yeah. be back on in the future. Don't regret it. We should do so. that. Um, two-parter from Go Huskies, Woo. Uh, first part, which former player mm. have you heard or read about but never saw play and you wish you would have seen play at SESU? That's the first part. Kale Kosala for me. God, Kosala was so good. So much fun mm. to watch. Mine has a little bit of a story. Um, so my girlfriend's uh, dad attended SCSU for a couple of years, um, not for very long, uh, but he was in the same dorm hall as former defenseman Taj Melson, um, who in his last year, um, in, in his last year, he had nearly a point per game as a defenseman. He had like 38 points in 39 games, I think I checked. Um, and he also, uh, got his medical, like, uh, he got a degree from the university of Michigan in medicine. Um, and he was fighting the good fight during the COVID-19 pandemic as a emergency medical doctor, I think is the title. Um, I could be wrong, but something along those lines. So seemed like a fun hockey player and a good guy. So I think I would want to see Taj and I like offensive defensemen. So that's partially why I picked him. 
Yeah, he played, I believe, mid nineties. Yeah, um, yeah, early to mid, mid to yeah. late, and and I think he he was one of those where, um, you know, he was pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, and then just that outstanding senior season. Just yeah, fourteen of, goals for a defenseman is pretty impressive. Yeah. So. I remember him being on my short list. Oh, well, and Anhorn scores 30 this year, it'll be great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, as far as I would say, the... like, getting back to sort of our all-time team that we did a couple of months ago, but the Cullen-Parrish yeah. combination would have been yeah. really fun to see. And Which Parrish? Oh. <laughs> well, all of the Parrishes. Par- Parrish. Uh, oh. To quote uh, yeah. Jacques Lemaire, who was the biggest fan of Mark <laughs> Parrish, but um, Colin especially, I think. Yeah. Like I mentioned on that show, like how much I underrate him, and it's mainly because I just I missed out on on his SESU career. So that's probably the one. I think uh, with that, but also you know maybe even go back further, Hedekin. And I think also it would be great, like if my eyes now could see kind of the game back then, um, and kind of see uh, like just kind of the big changes and the differences and whatnot. And I, I think that's kind of the the one that kind of stands out to me. But obviously, yeah, Colin and Parrish are two that were just before my time uh, that you heard kind of stories about. Um, but I was lucky enough to see Jeff Finger. So otherwise, um, I should. Your yeah, life my, is complete. Like I don't know what more I need in life. Actually, it's been fulfilled. So it would have been wild to see a game, a Saint Cloud uh, State Huskies game at the Mac. Yeah, like those first couple of years in D one. Like I can't even yeah. imagine that. But that arena, good lord! Uh, I think you can announce announce a game. Where would you rather announce a game there or Saint Thomas? <laughs> Oh, it's like the same setup. No, the Mac is better in terms of where we we are. Well, they got that one the little area in the corner, right? That's where they set up. Actually, the... I have the Mac is better because they actually have uh, snacks and food. Do they have Diet Coke go. or is it a Burnix place? Oh. I bring my own. You have your own in the thermos. Pretty sure it's Diet Coke, though. Just to got confirm, pretty sure it's Diet Coke. Okay. If I can't get a hot dog at a hockey game, I don't want to. Which uh, that, that that reminds me, we're, we're doing hot dog reviews on on KVSC's Twitter that or KVSC Hawkins hey. Twitter this this season for every arena right. we go to. Should come down see can should come down here. We have a thing called the Sonoran hot dog. Ooh. It's like a um, kind of a Mexican version of a Chicago I'm dog, intrigued. where it's just it's got like salsa and sour cream and all kinds of toppings. It's so good. They're so. Good. Oh yeah, that actually sounds intriguing. That sounds like a good combination, like in general, but not like a weird one, like chili and cinnamon rolls, where I'm from. No, that's funny you bring that up because I have a coworker who just mentioned she came to me because she's like, "You're from the Midwest. It's not weird to put chili on a cinnamon roll." I'm like, "What <laughs> have you been smoking?" Because that means that Bri- Brian can attest yeah. to this. Yeah, chili it's and good. cinnamon rolls are actually he's, good. He's like, you got my back, don't you? I'm like, no, we've never done that oh. in Minnesota. And she goes, well, I'm from Kansas. So it must be a Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri. must be that area must of the country. must be a Lincoln that thing. Yeah, you, a... also, you also, you don't put chili on the cinnamon roll. You dip said cinnamon roll in chili. It's 
Well, now I will go back to her and say I heard someone who said the same insane (laughs) thing. So I think she'll. she'll It's a menu item at one of my favorite restaurants in Lincoln. Runza. Yeah. (laughs) Brian tried that too. Still need to try the Runza. Thoroughly enjoyed all of the. Brian tried. Brian tried all of the Nebraska delicacy. I, t- it was I, could, I could make him eat. I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised that it was. I just, I just like. I'm I like that I missed thick, out. Thick, lumpy, like chili. Like, like, like. I was wondering where you're going <laughs> with that. Like, but... that's fair. <laughs> like, but like, like I. I don't know if like, I would have thought my, chili. My mother-in-law. My mother-in-law. Like. Her, her chili, like, really runny, and it's just like, okay, I can see dipping, like, a cinnamon roll in that, and that can kind of make sense. But, like, I like, like, a lot of, a lot of beans, a lot of meat in my chili. Yeah. You're a big stew, stew guy. Baby, you got well, stew I, going. I'm planning on going to Miami. So Skyline. And... They're known for Skyline chili. Cincinnati chili, which I've never had, and I've only kind of heard bad things about it, but... I'm planning on at least wanting my, to try it, but I don't know. My buddy my, might not be up for it, so we'll see. My dad's fiance is from Cincinnati, and I have actually downstairs in my pantry. I have three cans of Skyline chili. I didn't like it at first, but as I've as I've you know gotten older and matured, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've heard it's one that you don't really eat plain. You got to have it with the noodles and the yeah. cheese and the onions and all the other stuff you put on top of it. It's not like something. Yeah, that or you could put it on a. You could, I would recommend doing a chili cheese coney though, which is you okay. can get a hot dog with it, and then they then they do. So, that, so when you're doing a hot dog review for KVSE, you just uh, is it are you are you doing like a, a portnoy like one bite then the rules type thing or you. Uh, you're putting. Uh, no, I'm gonna eat the entire. Uh, it's gonna be like that one guy on TikTok, the the guy with the toques. I'm gonna eat the entire thing on camera and then give okay. my review of. Brian knows that what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, smoking, smoking patties. patties. Smoking oh. patties. I'll, I'll do ketchup, mustard, and then hot dog. I'm I'm looking forward to that bit. I'm out. So. Final uh, question. Final question. Um, obviously, or the second part from Go School. Which future player that you have uh, not seen play are you most excited to see play at SCSU? Um, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick right. a current freshman because I don't want to pick favorites per se. Um, but what I will say is um, either Brock Souch or Gavin Thorson really excite me, um, and maybe. You know, Thorson's definitely the more intriguing guy. I mean, he's from Andover. It's not too far away from St. Cloud. A lot of people are familiar with him. But, man, Brock Souch hung in to a pretty good Canadian Junior Hockey League as a 16-year-old and had half a point per game. He was scoring a point every two games. Um, in a, in a, I think it was the AJHL. Um, so he he hangs in there pretty well for a, for a really young guy. And when I talked with brett about brock souch he was very very excited for him granted he'll be like a few years so that's more like a guy kind of further down the line but um either thorson or souch which i might be stepping on some toes picking two so i do apologize but any of those two i think would be probably the most exciting uh, and both of them also are and obviously souch could grow um and i guess thorson could too but they're very much in the I guess Ryan Lash type mold of mm-hmm. being a little bit smaller or diminutive. So that's where it's 
you know, those small electrifying guys are, you know, kind of have a, uh, a fond place in a lot of St. Cloud uh, State fans' hearts. So I'm sure both of them will accommodate to the fan base well when they eventually land. So, as I'm already throwing out comparisons to Ryan For, Lash, so that's hey, high praise. <laughs> For uh, for me, it's it's Leo Gruba. I'm really excited to see what he does next. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be here next year. Like I actually kind of have three. I got Leo Gruba because I'm just really excited to see what he does. Austin Bernovic will be a fun guy to watch here in a little bit too. And then uh, purely purely vibes related for this third guy, Thor Bufflin. I'm very excited mm-hmm. to see here in the next couple of years. Yeah, Pu- sick name, wicked clapper from the point. Related to Dustin, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, do we verify that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> is, is, yes. he, is yes. he related? We can't. Yes, we can't make sure. any assumptions. We're sure. Now, so we're sure. So. We are very sure. Yeah, those are all good picks. I my first thought was Gruba because I've talked so much about him. I thought he's going to come yeah. in this year, but Same so here. did I. Kinda. Seems like he's on board with with one more year of juniors. Yeah, I did. And, I did make sure you know, to look at uh, the line chart to make sure he still has a St. Cloud logo next to his name, and it's like, like if that didn't <laughs> tick him off or anything like that, and he still does. So that's good. Sound like it was mutual. Yeah. And that probably gave us Clark a year, probably earlier than I expected for him. So the way that that sort of worked out is interesting. Yeah. It. Both of those players, Clark being one of the current freshmen, but Gruba as well, are both intriguing. And obviously Thorson, all the ones that you mentioned are, are good, are good picks. And I guess that's the big plus here is we we got a lot of future prospects, guys that aren't even on the roster currently, but that we're excited about. This is a, a sign that Larson has not slowed down yeah. from his, you know, the recruiting, uh, you know, reputation that he brought with him from Duluth. He's stepped that up, and he's maintained this program at a top level, which, considering all the resource disadvantages that St. Cloud has, is doubly impressive. So the fact that we can be nitpicky about certain which prospect excites you the most is, uh, how about all of them? That's, that's, it's a good problem to have. I mean, it's a cop-out answer, but yeah. It's a... <laughs> it is. But it's a great media type answer, and I, I guess you know, hanging out with uh, these guys, it's sort of rubbed off on me that we're we're coming up, you know, coming up with media day coming up here. So getting you guys prepared, and bringing that fire <laughs> to Brad Barry. Uh, so yeah, it's it's going to be the only time this year where we don't get a question that's not, not related to oh, we just got to get pucks oh, in deep, God. play our game, and just you know, keep our sticks on the ice and just keep going. That's always my favorite. Um, I mean, yeah, you guys hit a lot. Um for me as well um uh Bernavec is a little bit intriguing because obviously we don't st cloud normally hasn't gone through the development team um for a lot of prospects um and then he seemed to have kind of an up and down season um with them just kind of looking from afar i didn't like go more in depth than that but um it, it seems like it's it Obviously, the Blue Bloods are still going to kind of get after that. But, you know, you are seeing a lot more of the St. Cloud level teams, you know, kind of that second teams when it comes to, like, historical, you know, whatever. Um, kind of kind of go through that route, which is obviously good for the game. Um, that, that 
that more more uh, more of these teams are kind of getting at some of these uh, you know national development uh, team players. Uh, so that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that um, you know. So I'll be still kind of following him. Gruba was kind of on my list. Obviously, Thorson with the uh, Andorver season he had. I'm actually really excited to see how he he does translate to the USHL. So that'll be fun to kind of see. And then um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, but is it Coop Coopco Coopcho? Lubomir Coopcho. Um, who was he was Ryman's line mate right so mm-hmm. um them maybe kind of getting the band back together um uh because i believe they had a fairly good season uh together as well so in the terms of names that i i can't wait for jason bryant to belt at the Herbrooks national hockey center Lubomir Kupcho has to top the list that's but you guys probably are thankful that he didn't come in this year because the Kupka Kupcho <laughs> yeah, uh, headache. That's all right. I have to deal with Linky and Lucky. Only for one so. season or one series, though, right? Well, one two series. series. Or two series, I they guess. Play they play him two series this year. But Linky will probably come back next year, so I got next year, too. I suppose. So, um, I, well, that about does her uh, for the... Yeah. Uh, Already? Already, yeah. Can can you believe Boy, this? Short Jeez. one. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah. Uh, well, you got a, a couple weeks because Andrew, you're moving, so you got a couple weeks. To, uh, they they could uh, listen to it in parts if they want. So, oh, uh, is he is he leaving nope. the Sun State? No, no, no. I'm I'm just moving, moving down the town. Uh, uh, moving on up though, better place. So, uh, looking forward to that. But yeah, we'll. We'll have to do that preview podcast Soon. coming up yep. here sometime in yeah, the next three I mean, weeks. So. We'll probably also have uh, we'll have women's hockey games to talk about too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. See, what are we? Twenty seven days away from puck drop starting on uh, Saturday, something like that. Seventh, I think, less than that. I think like twenty three weeks. Twenty six. I'm gonna say with my quick math here. Perfect. Coming up, and we got twelve days till women's. Opener. Yeah, excited. I won't be there, unfortunately. I'll be in Lincoln. But... Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, those dates will be different. So check your calendars and your <laughs> local true. listings for for accurate time. So, uh, I want to want big thank yeah. you uh, to Alex again, Brian again for for coming on and chilling with us for this short, you know, three some hour podcast and, and whatnot. But uh, it was a pleasure. I had a lot of fun. Do you have any uh, last parting thoughts? Brian? I have you one you go ahead, Brian. I'll, I'll have something to think of later. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, uh, we do we at KVSC do thank you for all of your support, whether that be in donations to you know our GoFundMes for the national tournament, or for just straight up listening. We really do appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Um, if you want to, you know, gain more of our action, do consider becoming a KBSC member. Uh, that'd be, it'd be very cool to, you know, add you to our family. And that'd be very cool. Also remember to follow uh, Go Husky, or not Go Huskies, uh, follow at Husky Hockey on KBSC for your game updates for this year. Uh, we'll do a lot. Hot dog nice. and jazz on that Twitter page as well. And also be sure, shameless plug, to follow me on Twitter and Brian on Twitter at Alex in the booth and at Brian underscore Mose. That is M O O S. 
Well, I guess the only thing I have to say is thank you. I mean, I've, I've probably talked ad nauseum already for this just under four hour podcast potentially. Sorry. So uh, thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate uh, just talking hockey to start the season. And hopefully when, you know, we're in the thick of it uh, this year that we can be back on if, uh, if the people aren't tired of uh, me and Alex yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. well, uh, man, I don't, well, I don't uh, think they'd be. I mean, we'll see after this for that's uh, our job. This podcast goes live, so but <laughs> we'll we'll probably be able to work something out. So, sweet. This is about to do the worst numbers you've ever had. Yeah, I don't think, think that's, that's possible. possible. So, uh, you don't want to know our numbers. You're about to lose a Dan Jacobson <laughs> yeah. viewer. You're about to lose a little listener. one viewer. You got again. Whoever is listening to this segment of the podcast. I thank you because that's That's commitment. You're a real trooper. Yeah. This will cover up my entire drive back home to Lincoln, by the way. So I hope you guys know this was this is (laughs) one one. viewer or listener. Perfect. It'll be me on my way back home. Uh, Until next time, go Huskies! Woo! 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 Brian. Woo! There we go. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody.